Welcome back to the Illenials Podcast. I'm Smith, and, and I'm joined today by... Back with a vengeance. Back on the attack. Ready to jump and pounce on anything coming his way. Stronger than ever, faster than ever, smarter than ever, sleeker than ever, and maybe even possibly funnier than he's ever been in his life. <laughs> Seth, the OG Illenials host, is back. On the attack with a vengeance. Uh-huh. And we are also joined by... Uh, hello. Uh, my name is Ben. And uh, to quote my good friend Eric Bischoff, I'm back. And I'm better than ever. <laughs> you think Bischoff has any of those cookies? Mm, I like to think so. I highly doubt it. But I like to think so. I, I, actually, I actually met the guy at a wrestling convention a few years ago. Wow. Really? Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> I got a picture and everything, so he's my good friend. Nice, nice. I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna bring up wrestling later in this podcast, so you're gonna be um you're gonna be top of the line for that one for us. Awesome. That's all I like to talk about. Yep. <laughs> I will say my what my there's always this question at like like school or whatever icebreakers where they're like, so who's the most famous person you ever met? And my answer is always, well, I shook hands with Bill Goldberg, and they're like, who? Yeah, everyone's like, who's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, you don't know like, fucking Goldberg? You don't know anything. <laughs> you fucking yeah. Philistine. Uncultured swine. <laughs> so, we're here for a special episode. We're talking about yeah. the game The Last of Us 2. Yeah, some of us are here to eat a small amount of crow. And some of us are here to not do that, because they didn't talk shit about it before. Mm-hmm. Not that I think all of my qualms have been settled after playing the game, but I do have a much more positive outlook on the game now that I've played it. Um, we'll speak on it, Seth. Alright, so The Last of Us Part 2, which, actually, my first qualm, I'm ringing in the qualm bell, ding, 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 I got my first one. This game should not be called The Last of Us Part 2, because Part 2 implies that the first one was left off on a cliffhanger or... That the first one needed closure that we didn't get. And I think that the whole point of the ending of The Last of Us, which, once again, I hold up as maybe the best final second of any video game I've ever played, is some intentional ambiguity, some dramatic irony, and a little bit of uh, turning the tables on how you see the characters um, and the ways they were portrayed over the whole game. So I don't think this is a part two to The Last of Us. It this is. game is like, hey, did you like ambiguity? Fuck out of here. <laughs> <Real> ambiguity. <laughs> and the shit in his and gutter. <laughs> it's dismissal of ambiguity is one of the things I'm going to harp on the most when it comes to the negative sides of this game. But it's The Last of Us 2, which is what I call it, not part 2. Um, so yeah, it picks up, uh, what is it, like four or five years after the first game ends. And yeah, we're just, we're hanging out with our friends again, right? It was fun. We're seeing Joel, Ellie, Tommy, Maria... And then everyone's talking, and they're all bantering. And, I mean, I'm skipping over the beginning of the game. Joel basically explains the first game. Whatever. Right. We, we get it. But they're all talking and bantering, and all of a sudden there's this character everyone hates, and his name is Seth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck! What did I do? Here comes this old racist fuck named yeah, Seth. Yeah, some racist homophobic guy. And they're just like, fuck Seth, man. Ellie really <laughs> fucked up Seth last night. Like, fuck him. He's stupid. He's a bigot. And I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I 
you get steak sandwiches in the end, which is a pretty good apology, I'd say, for hom- homophobic ho- being a homophobe. It's a steak sandwich. <laughs> the name, the um, name Seth took a lot of blows in the beginning of this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, probably worse than the Street Fighter boss. <laughs> yes, yeah, the one who had a yin yang as a torso, <laughs> yeah. um, famously. But yeah, so but to start this off, like I do with a lot of our reviews, I'm, I don't want to just go chronologically through the game. I think that gets a little bit boring. And, and also, every podcast I've listened to has done that. And also, this game is like thirty plus hours long. Yeah, this game's pretty long. My playthrough topped off at about twenty five hours because I fucking blazed through this game. Mm. Yeah, you tore if through I, it, man. Yeah, if I were to do some more resource management, I probably would have gotten to like thirty or so. Neil Druckmann has um, never seen Ellie run that fast in the game that he designed. While yeah. you were playing it, and that was one. That was um, as far as gameplay goes. So I'll go ahead and say positive things about this game that are just pretty obvious, and anyone can say gameplay very crisp, very clean. Probably the best, um, the best feeling Naughty Dog has done as far as more grounded stuff. Uncharted Four probably is still their best feeling game as just being a game, but Last of Us feels very real, very grounded, and it's very beautiful. I mean, I think we can all talk about how good the graphics are. It's one of those beautiful games, and I'm playing it, me and Smith, I'm not sure what PlayStation 4 Ben has, but we were playing it on basically day one PlayStation 4, not PS4 Pro, pretty, just the basic hardware, and it ran like a dream. I had one graphical hiccup in the entire game when I played it, and the entire time it looked beautiful. How did you guys, how, how did it work for you guys? Uh, I have, I, I have, I, I, th- I guess it's the newer model PS4, I don't have a PS4, PS4 Pro. Pro. Oh, okay, you don't have a Pro. No, but I have like the, the newer remodel of it okay. i bought mine in uh 2018 and uh yeah like the it, it, it ran perfect on, on my thing there was only one real game i i ran into one like big game breaking glitch but i can't really talk about it right now for me because okay. like uh like when are like i can when we like go into spoiler territory because it takes place in like the last three hours of the game but other than that uh i only saw there was like one instance where ellie uh went and picked up a shotgun but the shotgun wasn't there and it was just her holding her hands like holding air but other yeah, than she's that just you you hack a show in her way through all the enemies <laughs> yeah but uh yeah uh, other than that i thought i thought it looked great on mine how about you Smith? seth well, i got a question for you your graphical hiccup was it in a parking garage no okay and i was literally during like the end of a cutscene, like transitioning the game I just had a bit of a like a like literally just uh, some tearing for like I don't know, half a second. Because you remember the first thing of gameplay they showed off in this game, I believe, was a part where Ellie is moving through a, two parking garages, right? Yes. She's fighting some enemies, and I remember I was like, "Man, when's this going to show up in the actual game?" Kind of like the the scene, at the party, or the dance, or whatever, yeah, where her and Dina had their kiss or whatever. That because I'm not, it's not saying it's spoilers. You see it in the fucking very first trailer of this yeah. game. That's the trailer that I, got us excited. Yeah, well, I was in that scene in the parking garages, and I was like, for, for maybe maybe thirty seconds, I had graphical slowdown. I had like it chugged for a minute, and then never again. And I gotta say, pretty fucking impressive for my old ass PS4 and this yeah. beautiful looking game. Because I played some more recent PS4 games that people are just like, oh, you, you got to play it on the PS4 Pro, and it, it they they run pretty shitty on my PlayStation, and I was kind of disappointed because, you know, I understand the new hardware is better, but I still paid for it. Control runs like crap on the regular PS4. Yeah. Beautiful game runs like crap. And then even Horizon Zero Dawn had some yep. slowdown I played issues. it on my PS4 and I did have some issues, even though the game was great. Um, but yeah, and then another thing, the one, maybe maybe not the only thing I want to harp on about the gameplay, but right now the one thing I wanted to mention was in the first Last of Us, 
One of the things I was most impressed by from the whole game was that the whole game is an escort mission. You know, we play them in video games and we always hate them. It's like, oh, I got to... And this person, oh, they get caught or they get seen or whatever. And you don't even control it. It's the AI. The one thing The Last of Us do is they give you the freedom to move about however you wanted. And Ellie wasn't a factor. Ellie could be right in front of an infected person and they wouldn't see her, whatever. She'd never push you out of your cover. She was one of the best AIs I've seen. Yeah. And this game, they took a step backwards. I, th- I had I had one moment especially where Dina got in my way and I literally had to restart a checkpoint because I just she would not move and I could not get in the crevice I needed to get into. So I had to restart a checkpoint. There were times when Jesse pushed me out of my cover and I got spotted. And there was and there were times where you know the, the, the one of the cool things about Last of Us is they all, they had the system where if you have somebody with you and there's two enemies you can self take out one of them and the other one will reactively take out them. I had moments where they wouldn't do it and I got caught and I was like, well that sucks. Um, I had a great moment with that, Seth, where I, there were two runners left, and I killed one of them by stealth kill, and the other one was fully looking directly at me while I did it, and their little meter had filled up. Even once the animation had finished, and I was just standing there, they didn't do anything. They were just looking at me. And then, all of a sudden, Dina just, like, speed runs around <laughs> and kills them. Like, she caught up with time. <laughs> they were locked in a destiny that just couldn't yeah. unfold yet. <laughs> It was very yeah. It was like yeah. that. It was like very funny. It was like the Robert Patrick run. Or the yes. Tom Cruise run. Yeah. I call it the Tom Cruise run, but yeah, that works too. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of had the same issues at times too. Like like you were saying, the first Last of Us, Ellie is such a great AI character. She she was so helpful. She would find kind of like I can't remember her name, but the uh, character uh, in a Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah kind of in the same vein as her, where uh, she would. She would help you out. Uh, they would find things for you and then give it to you. Uh, Ellie, especially when you got to the point where uh, Joel would let her use the gun, that's when she became insanely helpful. There would be times when I would be in a complete bind, and she would just come out from behind a crate and just take out two uh, uh, two clickers for me, and I really appreciated that. But in this game, I definitely had a few moments where, uh, like you said, the characters would not get out of my way and they blew my cover, and uh, I mean, it, it was nothing too severe or annoying for me, but it was definitely something that happened a few times in this game that I do not remember happening in the first one. Yeah. All right. Since we're not getting the spoilers just yet, do you remember the part in the game where you're not, well, you're, you are on a, a run to get somewhere, and there's a person sniping at you, and this yes. is a, a very good sniper? Very, very great sequence in this game. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It was one of the more Uncharted-esque, or I say Naughty yes. Dog-esque moments in the yes. game. Well, my AI companion decided that he wanted to fully run into me and push me out into the uh, into the street. And there's a special animation if you die in this part of the game because your head gets blown like a hole straight through it. And I got I got treated to that yeah. animation. <laughs> this game has some brutal animation. Oh, um, yeah. I'm gonna get into one specifically later later on. But yeah, if you watch, I mean, did you guys ever shoot a regular person with a shotgun in this game? Mm-hmm. Because you blow their memories into next week. Oh yeah, like yeah. you destroy their whole body. Yeah, I was shocked. Like, I, like uh, I would, uh, I would kill a few people, and then I would go up and examine the body to see if they dropped anything, and I'd zoom in, and I'd just see just how detailed the the gore was in the face yeah. where I shot them, and just how nothing was there anymore. And like, oh my god, it feels like they they they. They handcrafted each individual death, like, yeah. painstakingly. and it... Which is uh, something we're probably going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that. Yeah. Um, we can, actually, we can get into that now. So, 
before we get into the spoiler territory, so yeah, you talk about this, Smith. You 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 learned you read a little bit of this. So apparently, one of the practices at Naughty Dog for this game was they wanted as much realism as possible in in the game for certain stuff, and one of those things is that they uh, they wanted the gore to look pretty accurate. You know, once you get out of the fantastical stuff of the clickers and all that, you, you want to come back home. And so as... You want to come back home to a nice, warm cup of human mutilation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Video games bread and butter, pretty much. Uh, but to prepare for this, they had animators and artists watch basically snuff videos and go on, like the modern-day equivalent of Rotten.com to look at, like, dismembered human remains to get an idea of what it would look like. And that is not good. That's not yeah. a great labor practice. Uh, didn't the developers of uh, Mortal Kombat 11 basically do the same thing? Yeah. Yes. And it's one of those it, things where, like, I mean, I'm a, I am love some, some good gore whenever I see it, but if it means it has to be a little bit less accurate... But the developers want to watch snuff films. I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with the the brain particles not looking completely perfect mm -hmm. on the ground. Like they they specifically talked about neck stabbings were very important videos for them. Oh, yeah, they're brutal. How much how much neck stabbing Ellie does in the game? Mm -hmm. They were like, we gotta get it to look right. And I'm like, I don't know if we have to make it look right. <laughs> like yeah. you know, there was some sick fuck there who was like, oh, this is my favorite day. The next step, yeah, exactly. I can't wait. Yeah, they were like, they were like, don't, don't stay around Nick, okay? He is, uh, we gave him his own office just for this. He thinks it's a promotion, but it's definitely not. We switched out all the utensils in in the company kitchen <laughs> yeah. with with plastic knives. They're all plastic and dull. Very dull. We dull we dulled them more when they got in. Um, but yeah, so now we'll just jump into some spoiler territory. We'll start off with the the big. The beginning of the game. Well, hold on. Before, before go we ahead. start with spoilers, let's go ahead and... For people who would like to stop listening before we get into spoilers... Yeah. What's your overall, without getting too specific, general thought on the game? I'll start. I'll say, overall, it is a good game. And Naughty Dog turned in a good product. I do not think that it proved that The Last of Us needed a sequel. Um, I don't, I don't, by the end of it, I didn't think this game was still necessary... Um, which I never thought it really was, despite the E3 trailer. Um, however, I do think there's a lot of story problems that could have been fixed and made, probably made it into an incredible game that I, w I would say was worthy. And uh, there's a big Neil Druckmann problem with this game that we'll get into later. But yeah, overall, I will say it is it is a good game, and it is um, obviously a, a big like it's a big piece of work, and it's complicated. But there's so many systems in it, and the graphics, like we've talked about, are all very, very good. And I cannot knock the game for any of that. Yeah. Uh, so I finally got around to playing the first Last of Us uh, earlier this year. And uh, I, I was always afraid that I wasn't going to like it because the one time I did play it was like six years ago in your freshman dorm, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> you had a PS3 at the time, I didn't, so you let me come over one weekend and just play as much as I could of the game, and I just couldn't really get behind like the sneaking and combat system, but now that I've had time to really reflect on it and actually sit down and play the game, and I'm not trying to rush through it in a day, uh, I grew to really love it, so I, I love that game. I really like Last of Us Part Two. Unfortunately, I had it kind of spoiled for me. Uh, I, think all, I think all three of us had a good bit of the game spoiled for us. Yeah, but... Uh, I was uh, glad to find out that some aspects that were spoiled uh, turned out... Well, I wouldn't say I'm glad, but 
Uh, like some of the leaked aspects turned out to not be true, but I didn't really let that hurt my enjoyment of the game. I thought the combat system and uh, just the gameplay and feel of it in general, I feel like it was a, a vast improvement, especially when it came to the hand-to-hand combat and the gunplay. They, yeah. they added a few more mechanics in there, like being able to dodge and uh, just... Uh, it didn't feel like sneaking was completely necessary the whole time like it felt in the last game. So, And especially for me, because I'm not a patient person, so I'm definitely more of a run-and-gun type person, so I'm glad that it gave me that it gave me that option. I really like the gameplay, the story. I also like, I understand why people don't like it, but me personally, uh, I like that they took risks with it. Uh, whether it paid off fully or not, that's debatable. But I do respect the areas they took this game, and I respect how they made me feel about it. Some people complain that uh, it feels a little manipulative to make your player feel a certain way about this and a certain way about these characters that you've grown to love. But I kind of respect it in a way, even though I do have my qualms with it. But overall, I, I do not regret any moment of playing this game, honestly. Okay. How about you? I would say that this game is, I want to say like the inverse of Blade Runner 2049. That's not totally true. Because Blade Runner 2049 was a sequel that no one wanted or asked for, but turned out to be very good. Yeah. And that was the surprising thing about that movie. I mean, Incredible. of course, you give it, you give it to Denis Villanueva, things happen or whatever. But this game was fun to play and fun to look at. And overall, if you could somehow divorce it from... The story, or if it had been a totally unrelated story to the first one, it would be great. Uh, but it's a great game play married to a story that I didn't quite like. Like, there were aspects of it I liked, and there were yeah. characters that I enjoyed. But overall, it felt like this is the exact thing I didn't want after The Last of Us. I wanted yeah. that story to be done, and I wanted to move on. So this, it felt like... Like I said, don't, I'm like Ben. I don't regret playing it, because... It's like, it was fun. Like I had a lot of fun sneaking and killing and, and looting and stuff. That was all great. Uh, the, the game looks gorgeous. The environments are very fun. The levels are well designed. Like it's, yeah. It has some cool little puzzles. It's, it's very all very good level design. Moment to moment gameplay is, yeah. is fine. And if you have a true looking for in a game, you want a good game to play, this is it. Skip the cutscenes. Yeah. Also, if you, or whatever, did, I guess. We, did we all play it on normal difficulty? Uh, I did. Okay. How about you? I played on normal with some of the accessibility stuff turned on. Okay, same. I did normal, and I did, like, the hearing and a couple of, like, uh, some tweets yeah. here and there. Yeah. Okay. So now we're into spoilers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the big first thing they dropped on us, and the thing that everyone first has spoiled for them, is that Joel dies. And Joel does not die of old age or in a graceful way. Joel is killed by a character that you play as very early on in the game. So you shouldn't be surprised that you're going to play her later in the game. Mm-hmm. And he... People out there, you should not be shocked. This isn't going to happen again. I mean, it, it would have it, it would have been weird if that was the one time you played. Yeah, as her. you just play as her one time. But her name is Abby, and uh, she's hanging out with some uh, a cast of characters we're going to talk about in detail in a little bit. Um, and they're at a lodge. They're looking down on the city called Jackson, um, which is where Joel, Ellie, Tommy, Maria, Seth, Jesse, Dina all live. Um, it's kind of like a little, like pretty much a utopia as far as this this world can get. You know, they've got wall, they got high walls, they got power, they got a bar. People are seemingly happy there. 
Um, but they, the, Abby's crew finds out about it. Um, and one thing leads to another. A pretty cool action scene happens where you have to run away from a bunch of undead. They're zombies. They're not infected. They're zombies. Um, as Abby. And you meet up with Joel and Tommy. Um, she looks a little shocked. But she works with them to get back to her friends. And then there's this incredible lead up. Tommy's like, hey guys, I'm Tommy. And then they're like, what's this guy's name? And he just... Joel meanders around for a good, he just really makes a meal out of all of it, and he's like, I'm Joel. <laughs> and then they just beat the shit out of him, <laughs> hold him down, and Ellie comes running up, and they kill him mm-hmm. with a golf club to the head. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. We don't, there's a lot of details to the scene, but basically what happens in that moment is, unless you've seen the spoilers, which I think pretty much all of us had had, at that moment, you're Ellie, you're being held down, you see Joel die. The people in there don't kill you, and they leave. You don't know any of them. You don't know any of their names yet. Um, you just know they killed Joel. They left you and Tommy alive. Yeah. That's it. Now, I'll say this. I do appreciate that the game, it gets fucking to it. Yes. Like, I thought there was going to be an extended sequence where Abby and her crew infiltrate Jackson and pretend to be, Same. like, you know, regular people or whatever. No, they get fucking to the killing, and we move on, which I'm glad. Just yes. go ahead and get out of here. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah uh, when when I when I read the spoilers, the spoilers made it out to sound like that Joel was going to get killed at the halfway point of the game, and then that's when you were going to switch over and play as uh, Abby. That's what I that's what I initially thought when I read those. So yeah. I was I thought it wasn't happening much deeper into the game. Yeah, so I was caught off guard when it happened in the first two hours. I was like, oh, oh shit! Uh, all right, okay, jeez. Oh, yeah. But how, how say, but like, looking back, now that we've played the whole game, getting past the spoilers, how do we feel about this scene and how everything plays out? And now the, the, the supposed to be um, ambiguity of it all, because we, we're not supposed to know who Abby actually is. How do we feel about that now? I'll say, I mean, here's my thought. A lot of people on the internet have made a lot of noise about how it sucks that Joel got killed. And... I don't think that's a good way of looking at it because it's a, he's a fictional character, not a real human being. You know, he didn't like it, it's just like they got, he got mad that their favorite character was killed, and that's stupid. That's who cares. But I'll say that uh, I'll say that uh, in the in the broader context of the game and the story it's trying to tell about revenge, it makes sense. And yeah. the more co- and it, the game, I'll give it this to it to the story's credit. I don't like it, but what it does is. It cuts in more context as time goes on. You revisit this scene from Abby's point of view later on in the game, and that that really bring helps bring it together. So yes. I do think that once you get the full context for it, uh, Joel's death has a lot of... People are like, it's meaningless or it's random how he dies. No, it has a lot of meaning. There's a lot of, a lot of, of, of worth in how he dies. Like, he earned it. Joel earned his death, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what you want. I'll say the the spoilers that I read initially um, that kind of made that even left the sour taste in my mouth. Um, admittedly, now um, they didn't do this scene a lot of justice, which I guess they can't because there's a bunch of it's just a bunch of words I'm reading. They can't give a lot of context, um, but they did make it seem a little random and meaningless. Mm-hmm. And playing the game, I kind I definitely have a, bit, a different perspective on it now. I think that honestly. You have to kill Joel if you're gonna if you're gonna continue telling the story. I mean, as proved later in the game, um, as much as we love Ellie and Joel and they can have good moments together, I don't think we need. There's another game of just those two characters that's gonna be made and that is gonna be as successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
Also, I mean, you gotta we gotta take a step back and realize Joel is not a good guy. I mean, first of all, when you played Last of Us, you jump twenty years in the future, and from what his friends say, he was a ravenous murderer in those twenty years. Like he is a he was a ostensibly a bad guy. And then when you're playing Last of Us, you kill like what one, two, three hundred guys. Mm-hmm. They might they might all have wives and kids. Effectively, I mean, half the population killing. at that point yeah. you kill with your bare hands. Exactly. So you cannot you cannot like logically say that someone shouldn't get to kill Joel. Joel is a bad guy. He's done bad things, and one of the very bad things he does, we you know come to know in this game, and it's the reason that. Revenge isn't isn't added upon him, so you can't really feel like Joel didn't have it coming. That's not. I don't. I don't think that's a valid way to feel. Mm-hmm. I will say that Joel and Ellie murder hoboing their way across America in The Last of Us One. Uh, that is, in my opinion, a naughty dog gameplay problem where yeah. you you have to have shoot mans. We must shoot mans mm-hmm. because that's the game. It's yeah. shooting mans. You got the guy and with so- the beanie cap. You got the guy with the green jacket, the guy with the red jacket, and then you have the black guy. And that is the four types of guys you get to kill in the whole game. Mm-hmm. There has to be t- moments where you're shooting lots of people. And that does not necessarily line up with the fiction of the game that they're trying to make. And it's the same problem in Uncharted, where Nathan Drake is lovable scamp, our little treasure hunter rogue guy. Yeah, he gets All a right. nice, nice home life where he plays Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Let me tell you a couple quick one-liners to go kill a hundred men. Yeah, like throughout four games, you have killed a small nation of people. How many people's necks does Nathan Drake snap in those games? Yeah, with no remorse. And in those games, it and that's that's one of the reasons that I think it is good that The Last of Us does give a real stealth option because the Uncharted games don't really give that because they're supposed to feel kind of like Indiana Jones adventure games. Um, but you can like realistically play this game stealthy. It doesn't have the best stealth system, and we have a stealth expert here to kind of guide us through what makes a good stealth system. Um, so it's not perfect in that way, but you can do it, and that's one of the reasons I think that this game does give you a good a good option to that. And not there aren't that many forced shootouts in these games because you do have a little, a little bit of um, freedom there. The but yeah, Joel's F- dead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, the expectation in this game is you're going to kill most enemies you come across in a stealth section by snapping their neck or, or stabbing them in the neck or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's fine. I mean, that's the way to do it. I would have I would have liked if there was a non-lethal option, you know, just choke them out or whatever. That would have been fun, but I understand yeah. it's not that kind of game. All right. So Joel's dead, mm-hmm. and, you know, he revenge has been enacted upon him, and now Ellie wants revenge on the revenger um, who revenged Joel. Who revenges um, the revengers? Exactly. So we are going to say the word revenge a lot in this, I'm sure. <laughs> Revenge. Exactly. So, um, you set out. Tommy beats you to the punch. He, you know, he at first he tries to talk Ellie down. He's like, no, I don't do it. And then he sets out before you even do. And then you leave with Dina, who is your, you know, your crush, your, your mm-hmm. gal pal, your, your your girlfriend, basically. Now I should note here real quick. Squeeze. Before that shit happened. There was a fun little sequence with you and Dina where you like got into a snowball fight with some kids. And yeah. early on, I thought this game, I thought I was like, oh, she's like, she's like, hey, you want to fuck those kids up? And she's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it was very cute, and I enjoyed that. And what do they do? They stumble to a weed, an old weed uh, yeah. hideout or whatever, mm-hmm. and smoke weed. Yeah. It's just, a, it's it, the beginning of the game is very low stakes. Yeah, I love, you know? I, throughout the whole game, I do 
really until maybe the bitter end, I do enjoy the Ellie and Dean relationship. I think that both characters are pretty good, and I think both both voice actresses and mocap actresses are really really good at their jobs and. They put in good performances. Yeah, I really like that whole like beginning of the game where you're in Jackson and you're learning more about these new characters. And uh, I love the interactions you have with the townspeople. It was probably the like lightest the game is the entire time in terms of yeah. tone. You get to walk around. You get to talk to the townspeople. You get to pet the dogs. You get to talk to the game composer Gustavo. He's in the game. He's the old guy. Yeah. He's the old guy playing the banjo in the town square. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cute. I like that. And then you get yeah. to fuck up some kids with snowballs. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I want. I want more of this. I hope this is a reoccurring mini game in the game where <laughs> you find more kids and then you just fuck them up with snowballs. Yeah. And the beginning of the game does a good kind of um, what do you like color grading um, juxtaposition between Ellie and Abby in the beginning because in the beginning Ellie. Everything's coming up Ellie. Colors are very warm in Jackson. Even when they go to the... Even when they're in the outside, it's still, um, like, brighter daytime. When they go to the weed dungeon, it's... Um, the colors there are still browns, warm oranges. Um, and then when you're playing as Abby, everything is bitter and cold and dark. And it kind of shows that she has something brewing inside of her. While Ellie is like, life's never going to get better than this. Nothing bad's <laughs> ever going to happen to me ever again. Case closed. <laughs> Um, and then things, the thing, the only thing about the game is things get very dark for Ellie after that, and they never really look up for Abby. Abby never really has, um, until I guess the very end, never really has any moment of respite. Um, well, when you first start playing as for real in the game, in in the little compound, things are mostly okay there. Things are, yeah, but that scene goes awry pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, So you go, you go to Seattle. That's where we're going. You're in Seattle. Abby is part of the uh, Washington Liberation Front. The Wolves, which a, for short. Yeah, a rebel group that was fighting against the government uh, and won. Apparently eventually. just murdered all the police officers and uh, <laughs> military people in, the, in the, the state. So, I mean, good on them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they rose up. And then yeah. there's you get into Seattle, you do a, a short couple of puzzles, and then they, put, they, just, they put you into an open world section of the game. Which is much shorter than I thought it was going to be. Like when I first read Spoiler, I thought this would be maybe about seven or eight hours of gameplay. It's really more oh, no. like one or two. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. stretch it out if you want. But I thought this to me was my favorite time in the game. I wish there had been more of this. Like Abby should have had a section like this. Yeah, Abby didn't get. The, I thought because like a lot of the scenes mirror each other between these two. You play a lot of the same scenarios as different ones, and you can literally play and see how different they are as characters. But yeah, she never got her open, open world um, moment, which is very, very different for uh, a Naughty Dog game. Um, they did it in Uncharted, the very, the most recent one, and um, they obviously do do open world different than most other other game companies do because they don't do it very often. But it was really cool. There's, you know, you can go to the synagogue, um, you learn about how Dina is Jewish, and you learn, you know, some interesting dialogue in that scene. Um, and then you have to go to what's the other place? The parking garage. You have to get. It's like a parking garage. The courthouse right? parking garage. Courthouse. Yeah. yeah. Has some interesting combat scenes, and you can do the optional scene of going to the bank, which is where you can get the shotgun. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. did. We all do the bank. Oh yeah. I did. The, I, I, I went into almost every building I, I could. Yeah. I, I I think at one point we get into like a little coffee shop area, and I was like, I was praying we saw like either the dead bodies or. The like zombie versions of Frasier and Niles Crane 
Just cut, <laughs> just, just cut it, chill. They are in Seattle. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be great? What if it was called Cafe Nervosa? <laughs> Oh, man. man, they missed out on a real, real opportunity there. Yeah, um, the bank is actually pretty cool because of the story it tells of a bank robbery that took that took place on the day that the shit all yeah, broke during day one. Mm-hmm. That uh, was really pretty cool. cool. And, and it, yeah. the only time you ever see the zombies with body armor, that was an interesting little uh, thing to do, like zombies with body armor on. Yeah, and you get to see the guy who was stuck in the vault. Sadly, had to just sit there and rot to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's where you get the shotgun. It was cool, a very very cool moment. And then I'm doing this, and I'm like, "Damn, this is cool. I wonder how long I get to keep this horse. This guy's awesome. <laughs> Nothing bad is ever gonna happen." And then he blows up. Yeah. And your horse explodes, and then gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. And you've been taken hostage. Dina and, escapes. Yeah, Dina escapes. You're a hostage. Hostage shenanigans ensue. I'll say this, the day one of Ellie in Seattle is the equivalent of spring from the first game, because it's so, or summer, it's so long. It's like, that's the longest, I think, continuous gameplay section of the game, Yeah, is just Ellie day one, because you start off in the morning, and your ass goes until it's like midnight, and yeah, you feel it. I'll get to it. So basically, people play the game, you do the first three days in Seattle as Ellie, and then you do the first three days as Abby. You play mm-hmm. as her again. No surprise should be had here. Um, and I will say, maybe it was just because I was getting used to the mechanics and I was like kind of playing faster than most, but I felt like Abby's three days were a little bit expedited. Like yeah. She didn't have her super long day like Ellie did. Ellie day one was... I thought they were going to do the same thing with Abby day three. I thought that would be her longest day. But day three, you kind of just breeze through as, as Abby. Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, the most intense day she has, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but like... We got to go and everything. Ellie and, Ellie and Dina find a, 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 a theater. They hole yeah. up there eventually. You kill the first of the assholes from the beginning, Jordan. Jordan, yes. Who's probably the Which, most asshole of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his limited amount of um, screen time. I'm surprised. I'm su- now we're going to. I'm surprised you remembered his name, honestly. I, yeah. I, I only remember like a few of their names, honestly. So we learned Dina is pregnant. Yes. Which. Spoiler, this happens a fucking lot Ellie's. in this game. Um, yeah, it's not Ellie. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this shit keeps happening in this game. Um, Did we even mention Jesse before all this? I like was about, I'm about to get to Jesse. Okay. So now we're about to talk about the most well-rounded, non-static, incredibly deep character in the game, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is a man that, to his credit, does not sound anything like I thought he would. Um, I was... <laughs> Gonna be honest, had some preconceived notions in my mind that were shattered when this man first started talking. <laughs> um, but he is uh, Dina's former paramour. They were on and off for a long time. Um, and on, after the most recent breakup, Dina and Ellie have had a romantic moment. They kissed. And there's a little bit of a back... Like, Jesse says he's okay with it, but they never really are. And so yeah, there's some... some Hijinks that ensue. And is this when Jesse comes in? Does he come in at the end of day one or does he come in day two? He comes in day two. Okay. So Jesse comes back. He finds you in the theater through whatever random amount of luck that takes. <laughs> Somehow. Wait, no, he does find you in the theater. Remember, he's the, he's the one that Ellie oh, goes out thinking it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls you two. out. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, because, yeah, because you keep, when you're when you're going through the game, they do they do a good job of using audio cues to make you know who is who is there. Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, they keep talking about this guy who's killing people. Like, oh, it must be Tommy, because he, he's a couple days ahead of you. Find out it's Jesse. Um, he pulls you in, and then you 
you know, you talk to this incredibly interesting character who has so much depth. I was so uh, the, I was the, so the, the mad moment. when they switched him out with uh with Dina. I was like, I was I was actually growing to like Dina. Now now I got to deal with this asshole. Yeah, I'll say this: Dina and Ellie's dynamic is the only thing in this game that even comes close to Joel and Ellie's dynamic from the first game. No one else. I, maybe Abby and Lev. I'll say Abby and Lev. I mean, almost just because of the entire circumstance, I would say Abby and Lev are very close. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna we're gonna talk about my first qualm, uh, a second qualm in the game. Qualm Bell going off. Um, Ellie has some good side characters. Uh, minus Jesse, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and Abby has this is the most unbearable cast of characters when you first meet her. Um, yeah. Which we'll get to, but yeah, Jesse specifically. I wanted I want to dig in on this guy because we know a couple of things about him. We know he used to date Dina, like I said. You know he has impregnated Dina. He is a little um, he's a little annoyed with the whole Ellie and Dina thing. He doesn't seem like completely like some jealous asshole, but he's not completely okay with it. And four, that's all. That yeah. is everything we know about Jesse. <laughs> Uh, that is his entire character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his character is um, that. And he, aside, uh, I'd say his, I guess his most character moment, I guess something that defines him, although it's something that all characters in the game do, is at, some, at one point in the game when you're trying to get to this boat because you want to ride down to the marina um, or to the aquarium, um, he dishes you. He's like, Ellie, you've gone too far. His revenge stuff too long. We know that Tommy is at the marina, Let's go meet up with Tommy, because they keep talking about this sniper. It's obviously Tommy. Um, and so it's like, yeah, we should go meet up with him. That's one person we know. We should keep them safe. Um, and Abby, Ellie's like, nah, I'm going to keep doing my thing. Well, because importantly, that the agreement had, had become, instead of getting revenge on Abby, that because Zena is pregnant, once they find Tommy, they go back. Yes. Doesn't matter if she got revenge or not. And at that moment, Ellie can choose between revenge or go. You know, you, sorry, you don't, you don't get to choose. Ellie, the character, chooses, and she chooses revenge. And so that's the one time, the only time in this fucking game that Jesse's that he has any agency whatsoever is when he decides to split with 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 Ellie. Every other time, he subsumes his desires to theirs, if he even has desires. Yeah, I was listening to a different uh, different podcast about this about this game because I was just trying to get as much information as possible, meaning as opinions as I could. And I, I heard one person say they wish that Joel and Jesse got a game together. What and I'm like, what <laughs> game did you play? And what, what game were you like? And they were like, I really like what Jesse had going on. I'm like, what? Or is it, are you talking about an Uncle Jesse from Full House? Because it's not this Jesse. <laughs> could you, it's could not you, John Stamos. Could you imagine Joel Miller and John Stamos in a game yeah, together? Just cutting it up. Yeah. Um, so... And I, I, also, what day is it that Ellie kills Nora in the hospital? Is it day two? Two, two yeah. Because that's the moment where it's supposed to be like, oh, Ellie's crossed the moral event horizon. You know, she's like, she tortures off screen pretty much. You do beat the shit out of Nora first and, and get her yeah. infected with spores. You kill one girl right when you get in. Um, I can't remember her name. She's had a round face. Remember, she like had this really... She was playing the uh, PS Vita, right? Yes, you come up, put a knife to her neck, fucking stab her once you get information. Oh, you mean just some unnamed NPC? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she. I think she had a name. I think she was part of their crew at one point. I can't remember. She had. No, she, had uh, she had another scene. She, she's not. She's not like a main person. But when you get into Abby's part, like if at one point you're just walking around talking to random people, she's one of the random people you talk to. I didn't okay. notice that. Yeah. 
So you you knife her, and then you get to Nora. You do a little little bit of a chase mission. You actually this this um mission or this um sequence gives you some cool options. Um, you because there's a scene where you have to kind of chase down Nora, and um, she's behind a door, and there's three of her three wolf cronies in front of you who have you know masks on because Ellie's immune to the disease. They're not. Nobody really knows that at the time. Um, but there's, you have some cool options there to actually get the infected to attack them, and you can just, that's kind of, that's what I did, I just threw a bottle right at their feet, clickers attacked them, and I just ran straight to the door and started chasing Nora again, I didn't even worry about these guys. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, I found out I could do that on accident, and then like, oh, okay, alright, this, they really did yeah. think of everything, they're allowing me to and do this. there's a few this. times this in this cool. game when you have that option, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what happened for me was, that, that said, that was when I was like, oh, clickers are here, and I don't feel like stealth, so time to switch to the shotgun. And then these guys showed up, and I was—I meant to shoot the guy with my rifle, but I actually pulled out the shotgun and witnessed firsthand what it does to a human being. Yeah. And then it all went to hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hell can break loose pretty quick in this game. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's there's some good options for stealth and stuff. Um, Remember the part where they, they, they throw smoke grenades at you and you go into a basement of a house and like three people show up to like shoot to bite you in melee? Yeah. It's a, and it's like a small basement and it's just an incredibly intense scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I did? I fucking juked the hell out of those guys and just ran, compl- just str- barreled upstairs. And this is when I noticed the shotgun. During that scene, I went up. These guys are still chasing me, and there's one person still in the balcony. I shotgunned them, blew them in half, and then I just got away from I just ran out, and I got out of the whole scene. Did y'all ever go to the, the, the side part where there's a house, and there's a workbench up on the second floor of this hotel, yes. or this hotel and you use the workbench, and what happens? And some guy comes yeah. up. Yeah. And you hear footsteps, and you're like, oh, fuck! That scared the shit out of me. Me too, man. I was like, this yeah. is sacred time. How dare you? <laughs> Another general comment about this game is, um, at least to me, I'm I'm one of those people, I'm very squeamish when it comes to video games. Um, I've, had, I've had a couple of video games where I had to stop playing them just because I could not deal with what I was seeing. I just have that weird thing. I'm fine with horror movies and all that, but games really get to me. And this game was horrifying. More horrifying than the first one. There are some, some new enemies in this game that are... Quite honestly, very scary. Mm-hmm. The stalkers, uh, the stalkers, oh, the, uh, the, stalkers. The, the shambling, um, a, a shambler, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, Gary shambling, um, <laughs> and rest in peace. And um, yeah, so I, I was, I will say, this game was a lot scarier to me. Like, I, I there were some moments where I was, I had to pause and take take a breath because mm-hmm. I was, uh, it kind of fucked me up. And there's one specifically we're going to talk about when we get to Abby that is just. Almost a little too much for this game. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I already know what um, you're talking about. Yeah. So, where are we at? Jesse's here. Oh, yeah. You're, you, you split ways with Jesse. How could you forget you about Jesse? I know. <laughs> yeah. You take the boat, which is... Uh, the, the, the boat? Kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I always had fun with the boat. You you could you could stop it and go look for loot and get in a little fight. So, then you just kept going as much as you get. Mm-hmm. And there's parts where you're like, oh, I can't get over this thing. And then the, the boat's like, no, you can. And then you just go. <laughs> Remember cool. the arcade fight? Yes. Yes, I, yes the arcade fight. I, I will say this about this game and games like it. Uh, games like The First Last of Us and God of War have ruined how I play games forever now. Because now when I'm playing a game, even if it's not that kind of game, I got to go into every single room. I got to open every single cupboard, like open every single drawer, collect as much as I possibly can. Because it's like, Lord knows I'm a bad shot. I'm going to need as much ammo as I can fucking get, you know. 
Yeah. And it definitely added like an extra five hours to my gameplay, I think, all the extra time I spent just oh, searching. Yeah, the, the looting and searching. And that's one of the accessibility features that I know we both turned on, is the enhanced hearing. Did you know about this, Ben? Uh, it, it's that where you hold the button down and then you can see their outlines and stuff from, from well, yeah, behind so the Yeah, so what wall. you can do is you... If you press square, you it beams out for 30 meters and it shows you all enemies. Mm-hmm. And if you press circle, it beams out and shows you all the items that are around you. Oh, no, I, did, I didn't have that on. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I ended up turning that on like maybe halfway through. Probably Seattle day three as Ellie was going to turn that on. I mean, it helped out a lot with getting with resource management to not like stress myself on if I go to a corner that has nothing in it. Um, it reduces what I call wall humping. Because you're just like walking into walls looking for a, an interactable yeah. object. Mm-hmm. Here you're like, not wasting any time. Find other ones, move on. Because mm-hmm. just get done with it. Because mm-hmm. the world's too big, you don't have time to search every single corner. And it's not like it's not like you run into random enemies too much out there, right? Like they're pretty much set piece fights, and then you move on. Like there's not random encounters out in the yeah. world. Uh, there, I, I ran into a few with uh, with uh, with uh, zombies, but that's about it, really. Did you find that room that had, like, eight of the motherfuckers in there? That garage? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They about got me. I was like, oh, how many of the fuck guys are there? God damn it. <laughs> I am not prepared yeah. for this. And, uh, yeah, actually, we skipped to the boat. We're actually, we were at Nora's death. Basically, mm-hmm. you chase down Nora. Um, you're not wearing a mask. Neither is she. So she's getting the disease. She realizes who you are because um, this is when Ellie kind of realizes that more people knew about her than she thought. Um, and she's like, you're the girl, you're immune. Yeah. And then Nora is like, I hope that little bitch screams more or something about Joel. I, I forget what she says. Some yeah. vague, vague, you know, uh, aggravating threat. And then yeah, you lay waste to her. And then she talks about the aquarium. Yeah, but anyway. that's day three. So, and, and at this point you've killed, have you only killed, you've killed Nora and Jordan at yeah. this point. And the other girl, she got killed by the scars. We yes. haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I can't remember I mean, her name. The scars. What was her name? She's the one, she's one that sent that sent Jordan the fucking uh, nudes, right? I can't remember her name. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, no clue. I only know like two of their names. Yeah, and we're about to get. We're gonna get to the two that are the worst. Yeah, but there are yeah. three that are the worst. Uh huh. Um, well, you go to the aquarium, right? And to me, this is the moment when, when Ellie's getting to the aquarium. That was a really cool sequence with the storm coming in and the yeah. huge fucking waves. Yeah. Like, that was fucking cool. That Another was tight. thing that I cannot deal with in pretty much any video game that isn't Mario is underwater. Uh, once again, I get very squeamish from underwater in a video game. I don't know what it is. I don't like it, and I never have. Mm-hmm. So there are some underwater sequences in this game that I had to kind of close one eye and rush through because I just couldn't do it. But that's one of them, is you get thrown out of your boat, big storms are brewing. Um, luckily, you're pretty close to land. You get on one little island, you can do some exploring, and then you, you're basically at the aquarium from there. Uh, Seth, I kept waiting for uh, an infected shark to show up. <laughs> just something to make that water at all. Oh. Or just like a... Cl- can you imagine? If there was an underwater fight like with an infected, I don't know if I would have finished this game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, just like, a, just like an, effect, an infected that's just roaming the ocean floors because it doesn't need to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you get to the aquarium, and this is kind of a, a sequence where you just do a, a lot of stealth. You kill a dog pretty early on. Not even stealth, really. It's just I like trying to figure out. You have a bit of an issue with that, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did. I I didn't like that. I had to do that. I tried to spare as many as I could. But you know, when they when they find you and they're right on top of you, there there's nothing you can do. So I just tried to find ways to kill them where I wouldn't hear any whimpering. And I found that hitting them right in the head with a hammer, you know, does the trick because you don't hear a. You just you just. I found that turning my speakers off really helped with that one. Yeah. <laughs> there was just something. Works in real life too, Ben. Huh? Works <laughs> in real life too. <laughs> well, hopefully I never have to. It never comes to that. There is a lot of dog murder in this game, mm-hmm. though, when you it think sucks about it. too because the dogs are the worst part. Because one thing, a person like me who is not very good at stealth, but does like to challenge myself to be stealthy when I can, they, because and when I do it, I have to take my time. I'm a very, very patient person when it comes to stealth, until I'm not. And they ruin that, because they, they make you up your pace if you're not paying attention. So the, mm-hmm. the dogs made a lot of sequences a lot harder for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had and it ended up making me just run and gun. Yeah, you had to you had to throw bottles to get them off your scent. You could hold down uh, yeah. I can't remember which button, but you could hold down the button, and you could see like your scent trail and everything. You, you got to distract yeah. them to throw them off. There were a few sections with dogs where I managed to to sneak around because I, like there were times during the game where I forgot that that was an option. I forgot that I didn't have to kill every single person in the area to get three up. Yeah. I could have just sneaked around. It's like, well, I could have saved about half an hour back there. Yeah. Uh, real pro to folks out there, easy way to deal with the dogs in this game uh, is to put the bottle silencer on your semi-auto pistol and shoot the human in the head. And the dog will just stand there and whine over the corpse yeah. and not do anything. Uh-huh. The <laughs> so, dog will kill itself in grief. <laughs> <laughs> he picks up his owner's shotgun and it's like, alright. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a sequence where there were two dogs, like eight people, and I managed to kill all eight people and leave the two dogs just standing in the middle of the area going like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> where is everybody? Hello? Yeah. The I dogs wish don't there be was fine. A, a dog pheromone mechanic where I could make the dogs bang and I could just get away. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> You know how, like, in, like, Skyrim, there were people who were scared of spiders? They replaced them with bears. There was, like, a mod to replace spiders with bears. Yeah. There needs to be a, a mod for this game that replaces the dogs with, like, I don't know, guys in gimp suits or something. <laughs> they like, crawling around so you don't feel so bad about killing them. Yeah. Just the fu- just a fucking guy from Pulp Fiction, just in place of every <laughs> single dog. <laughs> or, like, a big dog robot or something, you know, something you don't yeah, feel like bad about Boston shooting. Dynamics dog. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Dino Mutt, just every single dog's Dino Mutt. So Dino Mutt! Yeah. Um, so the aquarium, Seth, you do meet two Warriors characters. Now, I know you really enjoyed these two, so tell us about them. So you meet the sparkling rainbow uh, mystery boxes that are Mel and Owen. Um, you, meet, you meet them first as Ellie. And you learn everything you need to know about them as Ellie in the two seconds before they die. Um, they're arguing about a bunch of bullshit no one cares about. And that's all they do the whole game. So you go in there, blah, blah, blah. You brutally murder both of them with no remorse in your heart. And then you find out one of them, you find out Mel is pregnant. And you're like, oh, damn, that sucks. As, I mean, really weird. I don't know. The, the pregnancy stuff in this game is so weird to me. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, you need oh, you need to make a character feel sympathetic, make, a, make the other person pregnant. It's like the only thing you can do to, to build sympathy for a character, apparently. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah. It's, 
And of course, Ellie is like, oh god, I killed a pregnant woman or whatever, and she yeah. feels terrible. Then Tommy and Jesse show up. Thank god Jesse's back. <laughs> yeah, they, Don't worry, everybody, I mean, I'm here. It's me, Jesse. Jesse slings the door open with his raw charisma <laughs> and comes in there. They whisk you away and you leave. Did somebody call yeah, Jesse? And yeah. for the first time in this game, I think, you see um, Ellie takes off her shirt. And this sounds more sexual than it actually is. She's been beat to shit. Now you see her from the back. But when she takes off her shirt, it's probably the most impressive technical thing in this entire fucking yeah. game. Because it actually looks like cloth moving across an object. Yeah, it looks like a person taking off their shirt. And it is crazy how accurate it is. This, I can't believe this it. Is a, this is something that more games need to perfect because... Uh, as y'all know, like as a big wrestling fan, I've grown up playing all these different wrestling games, and in the entrances, a lot of them uh, it require uh, in real life they they come out with like a like the Undertaker comes out with a trench coat and a hat, and in the games in the cutscenes during the entrances, you would only ever see him take off the hat because that was the easiest thing to do because they just did not know how to realistically. Shed the the trench coat, and even now in their later games, that's something that they still haven't perfected. So seeing something like this in a game, even though no one's really, not a lot of people are really thinking about how impressive it is, it really is like a testament to how far games have have gone in terms of graphics in the last ten years or so. I'll say that. we, we know now that the technical uh, mastery of this game comes from grueling 100-hour weeks these workers went through yeah. to make this happen. Mm. And that sucks, but, I mean, it, it is a hell of a goddamn effort. Like, they... Yeah. It looks great. And, te- like, and also, to get, like, towards the end, we see Dina and Ellie kiss uh, at that, that party or whatever, and that is probably the most realistic-looking kiss I have ever fucking seen in a video game. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was... There's a couple kisses early on in the game, and they look bad. I was like, this is... This is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, this game looks great, but this is terrible. Um, I, I, but... I, that one at the very end knocks it out of the park. I think what may have helped that one... I think that one... That one looked more like a pre-rendered cutscene uh, as opposed to, like, uh, the end-game engine cutscenes where... It does the God of War thing where it does the cutscene, it spins around, and now you're in gameplay. Yeah. Uh, so th- that may have helped. There is one of those in this game that blew my fucking mind. We'll get to it in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you're Ellie in the theater, Tommy and Joey or whatever his name is, <laughs> and you're sitting there. Where's Chandler at? <laughs> where's Chandler? Could I be, be any more dead? he would absolutely be fucking dead in this shit so you're there and remember like you said plan is find Tommy go back and Tommy is like Elia is that okay and she's like I guess it has to be she's a very very grizzled voice now (laughs) and she's like it's gotta be that way I guess she sounds just like Joel now exactly and then in a moment where everyone's favorite favorite boy had to be put down you, you leave, you open the doors, and then, pew, Jesse, taken out in an instant, dead, at the hands of Abby. She became my favorite character in that moment. I stood <laughs> yeah. up and I clapped. So it was Abby a truly, it was a, it was a brutal moment where Jesse gets shot like, in the face, like through the cheekbone. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's instantly fucking dead, but it's so goddamn, it's like Game of Thrones level brutal and sudden, is what I would say. 
And yes. it felt like his whole flat ass bland character's purpose was to die dramatically at this moment. Mm-hmm. And that sucks to, 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 for a character to have to, do, to, to go through or whatever, I guess. Uh, but I did not miss him. It did not make me, it did not endear no, him to me no, at all. I, I went and I, I honestly didn't realize yes, he was a character anymore. Um, but Abby is there and she is, you know, understandably very angry. Um, she, she has realized that Ellie has murdered all of her friends. Um, which maybe, maybe she's better off without him, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, and she's, she's got a gun to Tommy and she's like, I spared your life. We all spared your life. You killed us. You're going to pay for this. She specifically says, you, we, let you, we let you live and you wasted it. Yeah, you wasted it. I offered you friendship and you spit in my face. And now... But, real quick, did you notice Lev in that scene at all? No. No. I did not see him. Mm-mm. I think that was a, a clever way to um, hide what was coming next. Because now you're Abby. Mm-hmm. And Boy, are Abby, you. <laughs> You're not you're not Abby Seattle Day One. You're Abby four years ago. Yeah. And basically you find out that her dad, Shocker, was the doctor who was gonna perform the surgery on Ellie to synthesize a cure for the the plague disease taking over the world that Joel killed at the end of the first game. Mm-hmm. And they do this weird moment where they have to see a zebra because in the first game you got to see a giraffe and it's like <laughs> Okay, I, I guess this is there for some reason. Uh, that that was her. But, that that was Abby and uh, her dad's uh, save the cat moment. As they uh, exactly. So like uh, just to show how good of a person her father was, you had to literally save an animal. Like he saved a zebra that was trapped in a barbed wire fence. Now hold on, hold on. We're all forgetting about the scintillating center of attention in any party, Owen, who no, comes I'll, in I'll, here. I was just going to say while you're saving the giraffe. <laughs> The absolute dreamboat that is Owen, a man who looks like a young version of Steve Ranazizi, comes in and helps you with this. And you, you notice him from later in the game, and you're like, well, this guy, he's gonna, he must be really funny. Uh-oh. I mean, I gotta say. But, yeah, so you save the zebra, and then you see some of the behind the scenes of how, what Abby was doing during the whole thing. It's kind of like whenever you play... You guys ever played the video game The Godfather? Not the video game, You know no. how, like, in that game, you have to play as a guy who was, like, there the whole time, but you never see him in the movie? That's yeah, not what Abby is in this. Abby is, like... she's Oh, she was there the whole... She was in the next room, basically. Um, but she wasn't there for you. wasn't there for any of it. And then she comes in, and, you know, she's upset yeah. that her father has been murdered. And she knows who does it, because... Uh, what's, what's her name? Marlene was in the hospital and she knew Joel and she was like, oh, this is a guy named Joel. She has a first name. Actually, she didn't know his last name. Um, I guess from Marlene as well. And so, yeah, you find out there. Her dad was murdered by Joel. He was going to make a cure. And yeah, that's why she's mad. I just want to point out real quick, uh, because so few people do this, is that um, Abby's father is played by an actual actor uh, from TV, uh, Tyler uh, Ritter is his name. Uh, And I don't know how the fuck this happened, but I just somehow was like, I know this guy. I've seen him on TV before. And I was right. Uh, Just absolute, like, B-string TV actor plays this guy. And so, uh, Oh, I know this guy? Yeah, yeah. He's been in some stuff. Yeah, shout out to that dude. (laughs) Yeah, good job. 
what's his name? John Ritter or <laughs> no, yes, no, that's, Tyler that's who it is. Tyler. No, no, it's 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 John Ritter for sure. Okay. Yeah. I was wrong actually. Actually, um, you know what? Sorry, I'm sorry. I gotta take it back. It's not him. It's Derek Phillips. My bad. Okay. Okay, I see Derek that guy Phillips. before too, Derek. It's Todd Phillips. Derek Phillips has been in some stuff. Phillips. It's Todd, yes, Todd <laughs> Phillips. Nah, Derek he was he was okay, in stuff I've seen like this uh, guy too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in that show Longmire, which I've seen some scenes from. Oh, he's not watched. H the Shield. I have I've YouTubed a couple Longmire scenes when I get real high at night. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Gotta watch some Longmire. But only clips of it on YouTube. I don't have time for the rest. He was in Life is Strange, actually. Oh, okay. So he does a mixture of video games and TV. He's dishonored, apparently. 44. He lives in Miami, so he's dead soon, but... You know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know... It's grim, man. It's grim. Know, it might not happen as, as nice of a way as Joel did it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So you find out that she's got some issues with Joel, and then you wake up as her. Seattle, day one. You're doing it all over again. You meet, you meet everybody's favorite guy. You meet the Neil Druckmann stand-in in this game. Ben, I'm not sure if you knew about this. But if you look at a picture of Manny and you look at a picture of Neil Druckmann, you realize they're the same motherfucker. He's just a couple of shades darker than Neil Druckmann. Hmm. That's all he is. Hmm. And so you, you, you pray tell, what do, what do we learn about Manny within the first 30 seconds of him talking to us? Is that he's banged like three, just from this 30 seconds, he's banged like three girls in the past week. Mm-hmm. And there's no double entendre. There is no ambiguity. There is no, you know, cool, sexy, talk, talk it up guy. Um, it's just he just bangs girls left and right. <laughs> what, the, the weather woman, a preschool teacher, some other girl. That's what he does. That's all he's good for. And it never, and the one thing that bothers me is, well, two things bother me. One, it's the Neil Druckmann stand-in and he bangs all the time, which is just strange. But also, it never comes in handy. It's never like later in the game, you're like in a situation where he's able to talk you out of it. You know, it is clearly, he's got something, he's also a very funny guy. And (laughs) he just talks you out of a scenario. It never happens. No, you just, he bangs people and then next scene. It's like when, it's, uh, what, damn, what, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, The tall guy from How I Met Your Mother. Jason Siegel? Yeah, Jason Siegel. It's like when Jason Siegel like stars in a movie that he also wrote. It, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and oh, so Jason Siegel, what do you get to do in this movie? It's like, oh, I make out with Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis. It's like, oh, okay, well, interesting. Perfect. Here's that thirty definitely million dollars. Definitely is written dollars. by you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> like, yeah. But did anybody? I've not seen as much any review so far. No one has ever talked about the extremely accurate tactical burrito action that happens in this next scene <laughs> where i've never seen video i, look, I played final fantasy 15 and that was the best looking video game food i've ever seen maybe monster hunter world but this game has the only time i've seen food be eaten in a realistic ass fashion like i'll give them credit when abby eats that burrito pieces of it that she actually puts her mouth on disappear which is out of this world yes before we move on though I've actually got to ask Ben specifically a question. Ben, Abby is in a steel cage with Braun Strowman. Who wins? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, if you would have asked me before I got to this cutscene, I would have said, uh, I mean, before I got to this second half of the game, 
after only seeing uh, Abby in the uh, in the big heavy jacket, Braun Strowman definitely. But when you first get introduced to Abby and just her guns are hanging out and she gets out of bed and she's just flexing her shoulders. I'm like, stacked, oh, jacked and fully loaded. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know if she'd win, but she could definitely hold her own. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that she uh, has shivs. And she murders him very quickly. <laughs> oh, then her, definitely. Yeah, she puts him in a headlock and just kills Braun Strowman. <laughs> oh. to, the, to the disdain of of male gamers across the interwebs, uh, Abby's jacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, while I do think that just because of how toxic the internet is, this character has kind of set women in games back a little bit just because of internet rage people. I'm glad... They made this decision. I'm glad that in a, a $200 million big a fucking franchise game, they decided to put in a fucking jacked female character. Mm-hmm. You can tell that there were moments in this game where they were like, let's specifically piss off the worst, most toxic elements of the community. Yeah. And, and they went for it. a lot of credit for that. Well, remember uh, Uncharted 4 had Nadine Cross, and she had like muscular arms, and people lost their minds over that. So they were like, let's go further. Yeah, they were like, Abby is Abby is jacked, and she's here. Abby can eat Nadine Cross. So after the cool burrito scene that I'm glad you brought up, because it was I was going to do a whole episode just about that, honestly. Um, we meet the next fun bag, mix em up, great, well-written, totally rounded-out character of Mel. And I have got to say... That if any character in this game, not named Manny, takes home the award for most useless, stupid, boring, flat character, it goes to Mel. Mm-hmm. How can we forget the part, though, where you go into your apartment and you find a bra sitting oh, yeah. there that which, Manny left? Which, what I thought, that if that was what you found, if Manny was like, oh yeah, I was up late last night, I had to use your room, you know, thanks for helping me out, and you found that, that would be a clever way to be like, okay, Manny gets around. But it, it, the game just tells it to you. Mm-hmm. And then you find the bra, and it's like, well, I mean, I already knew this happened anyway, so this doesn't help me. Also, real quick, just reality check moment from your friend Smith. Uh, this this game takes place in the post-apocalypse. Who's leaving their fucking bra anywhere? That yeah. shit's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> you think bras grow on trees? <laughs> Do you know how many shifts you can make with the material that's in a bra? <laughs> you, or you could at least get, like, at least five lockpicks. <laughs> I'll just ripping it apart. And so Mel, Mel is just just this frog-faced little fucking... I don't know what you even call her. Like, what is, is her the, role? She's the Eeyore of The Last of Us. <laughs> she is just a sad sack the entire fucking time. Um, no, no solid explanations as to why Mel is the way that she is. No. But what Mel is in the game, I guess we should explain this real quick. Owen is the dreamboat, lovely, great guy. And during, while they were growing up, him and Abby had a bit of a relationship, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, I guess. They, it seems like it was a little bit on and off. And then we don't know when it specifically ended, but we do know that for the last year and a little, like a year and like four months, um, Owen and Mel have been dating and Mel is pregnant. So they're together. She's pregnant. Abby and Owen are broken up. And Abby, there's obviously some tension between Abby and Mel about the whole situation that literally never comes to a head. Nope. Which is the reason that we build tension in stories, but whatever. So you get into the back of a truck with her. It is an awkward, limp, 
conversation the entire time, and whoa, then you whoa, get to a big whoa, fight. Whoa, you forgot about Alice. Oh yeah, we do meet the dog that you killed in the aquarium, Alice, and you get to play fetch with her, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I saw that and I immediately was like, oh fuck, I did that. No. <laughs> yeah, and when you first meet her, it's weird because Alice is in chains. All right, well, that's the end of the podcast. Everybody. Thanks for coming and listening. Um, <clears throat> so, real quick, by the way, the Alice thing, never once does it actually get used. I was like, wait, when's the sequence where I have to find hiding people using the dog? Like, that's yeah. what happens to you as Ellie, right? Like, where do I get to hunt down, you know, hiding motherfuckers? Never happens. No. What a wasted opportunity. Yeah, Alice just comes out and you kill her and... That's the rest. That's the whole game. Alice was only there to show. Hey, remember that dog you had to kill fifteen minutes earlier? Yeah. Here she is. That's one of the problems that you mentioned with the emotional contrivances. Is some of the characters, like we talked about with Jesse, is some characters are literally just there to come in and die, and I'm supposed to feel something about it. Like, I will give this game this. It does have really good emotional beats, and the all these ones that are added in, I think, just take away from all the times that emotions actually do hit. So I think they could have worked around that, and it's pretty easy. Like you said, have a sequence where you use Alice. Have a sequence where Jesse actually legitimately talks about his feelings about Ellie and Dina. Have a scene where Mel and Abby have it out, or Mel, Owen, and Abby have it out. Like, have those scenes, and then I'm going to feel more when these characters die or when, you know, they get you know they get in fights and stuff. We needed more moments from this game, like the moment we had in the first one, when... Uh, Joel and Ellie, uh, when Ellie ran away from uh, from uh, the uh, area that uh, Tommy and them uh, were staying in, and they had to go find her, and then that they had that whole argument is like where she's like, everyone that I've known and love has uh, either died or left me, except for fucking you, and he's like, don't don't act like I'm your father because I'm not, and that was like yeah. a really strong, powerful scene, and I feel like we didn't have a lot of those deep. Uh, deep dialogue moments in in this game every like every conversation felt like small talk in a way there wasn't a lot of uh really emotional moments except for like a few of the flashbacks and stuff like that but like pretty much like i'd roughly say 55 percent of ellie's dialogue in this game is yeah yeah Yeah. um Also, so, we should mention that when I say Mel is pregnant, she is like four or five months pregnant mm-hmm. when this shit happens. She is on the front lines in the back of a car, still <laughs> fighting off undead and other fucking like tribe like scars and stuff. She's fighting for two. We should, we should talk about the scars actually, because this is yes. when they first show up in force. So they ambush your con- your little truck. They have horses and they're you know shooting at you and whatnot. The scars, in my opinion, are the worst element in this whole goddamn video game. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. The apocalypse happened 25 years ago. Pretty long time, sure. But it's been... There are people alive in this world who knew about the internet. They watched fucking television. They saw movies. They fucking, I don't know, played video games and shit. They saw Gangnam Style when it happened. They they were there. They saw Gangnam Style. (laughs) They lived through that. All right? The apocalypse is nothing. But... But these motherfuckers in 25 years have regressed to a Bronze Age understanding of the world. They have gone into religious mania and have they live in fucking thatch roof villages and grow fucking wheat. Yeah, and they're not even t- like 20 miles away. There is a regular 
you know, modern, I mean, as technological as it can be, society of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is, it's like, this should be 200 years in the future. This is Fallout type shit, not the immediate post-apocalypse. I, I, it just made no sense ever. I would only find it believable is, like, at the second outbreak day happened, they got started, like, right away. Like, the brainwashing and everything start, like was commencing yeah. day of. It's like, all right, everything's going to shit. I'm your king now. I'm your master. You will yeah. respect but me. They are another faction in the game. They're, they're actually called the Seraphites, but their nickname is the Scars because they're initiation. They're initiation in a post-apocalypse disease plague world is to facially mutilate yourself. Which, I'm just like, maybe not the best for this specific apocalypse as a thing to do. Well, the, yeah. the person who started it saw The Dark Knight when it came out, and uh, she was yeah. very much inspired. Exactly, because it had only been five years since The Dark Knight came out when the, all this stuff started. And it was they, We were in Dark Knight fever at that time. Yeah, at least they yeah. got to see The Dark Knight. <laughs> at true. least they never had to see Jared Leto. They <laughs> never saw Rise of Skywalker, so good <laughs> for them. Man, the, um, this is the better universe. This is I the, know, this is the, the, like, the I kind of want to live there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's a sequence here where you and Mel and Manny and Alice have to like do a couple of small little rooms of puzzles and whatnot, get into the FOB, as they call it, the forward operating base. Um, and there's stuff where you, you, it's you and Mel and you and Manny, but like the Mel stuff with her being pregnant, again, it never factors in. Alice never factors in. No, it only just, factors like, in when she dies. That's <laughs> it. Right. You get into the FOB. And you meet Isaac. Uh, Isaac played by Jeffrey Wright from yep. Westworld. Yep. Um, also the owner of a uh, yeah, gold famous, mine. Uh, slave runner. Diamond yeah. mine fucking piece of shit. He's an asshole. And Isaac is a character who I also find extremely flat. Like, what is his fucking goal I, here? Honestly, up until we mentioned the five, I forgot Isaac was in this game. Because <laughs> Isaac has... In all honesty, about three scenes, and they two, and they all add up to nothing. Yeah, you hear his name a bunch. You see him in letters and documents you find on the ground, but then he has two scenes, and in both of them, he's just a crazed warmonger. Yeah, and And then shocker, we're supposed to feel bad when he dies. Yeah, in his second scene, I'll say this. I want to mention it early. Uh, Well, early. Um, This is going. This is going long. The Last of Us 2 seems to have a problem with black people um, because they only exist yeah. as vessels for pain and suffering uh, and to elevate the experiences of white people around them. Like, Isaac is just an insane asshole who wants to murder people. That's his only character trait is, I must murder the Scars. That's it. That's his only thing. We learned There's that he wants to murder Scars and apparently he loves justice. That's what they mentioned at the beginning of the game when you see they're all like, oh, you know, he loves justice. I, I, I get to go kill Joel. Yeah. It's like his thing, which I don't really see come up ever. Never comes up as him as an actual character. He was also very much inspired by the Dark Knight and uh, <laughs> and Christian Bale's portrayal as Batman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so this guy just a commentary on the Dark Knight? Maybe, <laughs> actually. It would have been be- so, better if he actually like sounded like him. It's like, what do you want for dinner, yeah. sweetie? Justice. <laughs> so, I think here's a part where what is it that happens? Oh, you find out that Owen killed his partner and ran off to the aquarium. Yeah. And Abby wants to go after him. Isaac says no, so she escapes with Manny's help. Thank God Manny's here to help us. <laughs> Don't know what we do with that, this man. Yeah. You go on a long fucking trek to get to the aquarium, right? That's most of yeah. your day. And in that, you encounter some scholars. You also encounter 
a moment where Abby gets the sh- she gets fucking taken by surprise, yeah. right? And she is uh, being hanged. And this scene happened in the, one of the early trailers as well because this is when Lev and Yara show up. And this is what I was talking about earlier. One of the coolest scenes because there is you're here with you see these characters, Lev and Yara. They're um, scars who are other scars are not happy at them, happy with them, and they're fighting back. They end up taking out. Um, one guy who was about who's about to do some execution. You're hanging this entire time. You're, you're still asphyxiated. Um, you end up helping them choke out um, one of the girls or one of the ladies who's like a big religious zealot. And then um, they don't want to spare you, but then they do. Uh, Lev ends up cutting you down. Mm. And this is a scene where it is fuck. It's raining. You're fuck. You're playing as Abby. You're jacked as shit. The fucking the rain is scared of you. It's bouncing right off of you. You get up. The fucking camera pans all the way around. You're fucking, you look strong as shit. And then it pans around and it does one of those scenes where it goes from cinematic to gameplay. And a motherfucker runs right at you, an infected, and you're back into it and you're fighting. Yeah. And it, it, I I fucking, it blew, it fucking freaked my bean. Mm -hmm. I love this scene so much. Also, you have no gear. No gear. Mm-hmm. You just have a, a club, like a hammer, right? Like a club or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing I really like about the section because uh, I personally I love playing as Abby. I thought I, I love I love how Jack she is. I love how she can just basically beat zombies to a bloody pulp with her bare hands. It's you're playing Joel again, basically. Yeah, like that's that's like Abby. I mean, Ellie plays more like you know her own way, a new way for The Last of Us, and then Abby is very reminiscent of playing as Joel. Yeah. And, uh, like, she can roughhouse zombies. You don't even really need to do a lot of stealth with her because she can just take people on head-on. And uh, she also gets, like, the double-barrel shotgun, and I think she gets she gets the pipe bombs as well, which, yeah. I personally, I appreciate. So And the flamethrower. Oh, yeah, the fucking flamethrower. Yes, I, I, I love playing as Abby. That, that, that whole section, like, I understand why people wouldn't like it, but it was one of, it was one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and you run through the fucking forest. There's stalkers after you. You eventually fight a fucking, like, bloater and shit. Um, Or no, it's a shambler. Um, And you do actually... There's a moment where you meet this, like, jacked other woman scar, and she's got your gear, and you fight her. And to me, this is actually one thing I don't like about The Last of Us uh, melee combat is boss characters like her. It's such a simple pattern. It's three dodges and then hit. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really vary much. There's not a lot to... uh to get from it it's not like god of war where you get to kind of vary up the melee combat it's just it's better than the first game which i don't even have dodging no you couldn't dodge you couldn't jump well in this game you can barely jump but like in in the first game you couldn't dodge you couldn't jump uh you just you just had to you just had to deal with it if they were right on top of you now ben ask yourself here real quick how often do you jump (laughs) and how high could you jump if you had to uh my my vertical is definitely not the best right now uh how about your horizontal (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty. That, that was pretty good because I have more area to cover overall. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. But it's like video games. They they prepare me to do a lot of stuff that I would never do in real life. Like there's no quicksand. Mm-hmm. No barely quicksand, comes up in my no life. Jumping, no climbing a wall. Like there's only a, a little handhold for you to get into. There's none of that shit. Mm-hmm. I never had to hack a door. Yeah, yet. I don't use a lot of ropes. So far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, zip lines, man. Where are they all at? No, I've never seen a zipline that wasn't in a super controlled environment. Yeah. Never been to a sewer. Never had to do a sewer for any yeah, reason. Never had us getting this manhole real quick. Let's go under, <laughs> under the city. Never happened. It's the only way. Um, 
But yeah, so you meet Levin Yara, and this is when Abby has a, a, a character moment. These mm-hmm. are two scars um, who, you know, lifelong enemies of the wolves. And you do find yourself indebted to them a little bit because they did save your life. So you do help them get around stuff. They help you a little bit. Um, and you leave them in a, like a mobile office building because Yara has been fucked up. They took a hammer to her arm and destroyed all of it. Yeah, and so she has she has a very useless arm that is uh, going to get gangrenous pretty soon. But you leave him there, and you're like, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill you. You're not gonna kill me. We're gonna go on with our day. Um, so yeah, then you you venture back. Uh, where do you go after this? You go the to the aquarium. Um, yeah, you go to the aquarium. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a journey because you gotta go across a bridge and a fucking boat if you get the crossbow. Wait, and you no, guys. no, no, no. When do you go? You go to the hospital to get medicine. Yeah, that's and get stuff that's for... the next day. Well, no, yeah, uh, you go to the aquarium they, first. They, they hide out in a trailer park first, and then yeah, they, yeah, she yeah. wakes up the yeah, next yeah. day and uh and no, 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 no. A- Abby leaves immediately. Oh yeah, that's right. That's and right. Continues on to the night, and she comes back day two. You yeah. get Lev and Yara, and then that's when Mel tells her we got to cut Yara's arm off. So go to the hospital and get us our. Stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you do all that, and then you go to the hospital. This is where you know later in the day that you're in, Ellie is going to come kill some people, including Nora. Um. I do like the, the the contrast here between the two ways of getting at it. You know, when you're Ellie, you go in, you kill everybody, you sneak past. But it's when you're when you're uh, Abby, you just walk on through, and it's such yes. a crazy contrast in your head to know that in a few hours this place will be a fucking war zone, and right now you're just walking around peacefully. So yeah, um, Nora, uh, also one dimensional character, pretty much only has one moment in this whole game, and it, or two moments. This one when she says, "Sorry, can't help you. Go look on the bottom floor where." The devil might be. No, no, no. They capture you, remember? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Isaac wants to talk to you, Abby. Yeah. You went AWOL. Yeah. And she and lets you free. She lets you free. And then she's like, go see the devil. <laughs> um, she gets you past some guards. Um, and then you go meet the devil. You, yeah. You, you venture down to the bottom and you meet the Rat King. Okay, hold on for a second, Seth. I just want to point out that when you get to the bottom of this hospital, this game is no longer The Last of Us. This no, shit changes no, no. to be Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. <laughs> It's what it is. You've got the fucking biohazard lockdown shit, the fucking electricity puzzles. This is all Resident Evil shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the game continues to be Resident Evil because you do you fight a boss who you don't get to know the name of, but people have come up with the name of the Rat King. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is an amalgamation of several infected. He's very large. He has like five or six people who are him. And it is fucking scary as shit. Yes. Okay? Um, there's some really did you, cool. Did you ever get hit by him? Yeah, yeah. It's a one hit kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some. There's a cool moment at the very beginning because you you get into an ambulance, you find the stuff, and then he comes up behind you. So you get to it. You have to go in the front of the ambulance, escape through the door, and there's a really incredible cinematic where you run, you get through a door, find a door doesn't work, and then you do this really scary move where you run right to him and then cut past to get into a hallway to find a different door. And then you, at that point, you actually have to fight him, which mm-hmm. the fight isn't necessarily super hard. It's just kind of you learn his pattern and you, one one of the things splits off of him and you got to kind of learn its pattern. I mostly used like the shotgun and the flamethrower and some pipe bombs and I was able to, you know, pretty much handle him. It took me a couple tries though. Mm-hmm. He's not a hard fight, but the problem with it is he's goddamn terrifying. <laughs> he's terrifying. Yeah, you're, you're a straight up horror game at this point. This is not... Like in- 
no other enemy in the game, not the bloaters or even the shamblers, produce the same effect. It's this giant wall of infected yeah. meat coming at you. And then when you're done with the fight, all Abby says is, well, no one's going to believe that. <laughs> How about you say, holy <laughs> shit, what was that? I'm a changed person. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else going on right now. I just saw the most insane shit of my I'm life. I'm surprised the game didn't end right there. Yeah, <laughs> I f- that's fucking crazy. Forget everything I just saw. Like, Did, did you just fucking see that amalgamation of people I had to find. Yeah. It's Abby crazy. should be like, it's time to settle down and have a family. <laughs> Fuck yeah. this. I'm done with this. Come with me, she Lev. Takes the muscles off. <laughs> Come with me, Lev. You're my son now. <laughs> she hangs her muscles up on the, the, <laughs> the, the hook so she gets home. Like Jason Momoa, that commercial. Yes. <laughs> I'm out. So, but so. here's the thing. So you do that, you get out of here, you find Lev, and you get out of the hospital, and they cut off Yara's arm. Or Mel does, because... Did we mention Mel's the medic? Like that's her whole yeah, thing. Mel was a, Mel was a surgeon who was being trained by um, Abby's dad before he died. Yeah, and so she cuts off Yara's arm, and the next wait, did Abby fuck Abby fucked uh, uh, Owen the first night, didn't she? Oh yeah, there's a sex scene in this game that is. Yeah, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, they have sex. You know. Well, they bang. It got a lot of uh, criticism for some elements, but yeah. uh, not valid criticism in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then this this third day, when you wake up, you know Mel's here. She cuts off. She's got Yara's arm cut off, and Yara walks the fuck out of the room and is like, "Hey, I'm trying to find uh, Lev," and I'm like, "Motherfucker, they cut your arm off eight hours ago." Mm-hmm. Speaking from experience. You do not get up from that that quickly. You should be yeah. laying on a table, moaning and crying. There's no fucking, there's no painkillers. So then you have the scene where you go around and you try to find a, a gift for Lev. Because you're in an aquarium, there's a gift shop. You look for some shit and blah, blah, blah. Um, and you meet up with uh, Jeff. Oh. Sally, you, what's his name? Oh, Owen. Owen. Oh, who knows? We skipped. We skipped. Set, we skipped. But day two, going to the hospital, the Sky Bridge segment. Oh, oh yes, yes. The yes. Scared of Heights segment. Mm-hmm. Abby yeah. is scared of heights. And also, you first hear the uh, Scars calling Lev Lily. Yes, and this is where you learn that Lev is a transgender character. The mm-hmm. actual transgender character in the game. Yeah. Whereas everyone on the internet is just calling Abby transgender just because she has muscles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the, she is the trans character according to the internet, which doesn't make any sense. But Lev is an actual trans character, mm-hmm. and that is why the scars have um, disowned them. Though girls in society are not allowed to shave their head, and they're not allowed to, you know, re- refuse their assignments. And Lily was assigned to be a wife. <laughs> That's what they do. They're like, oh, you. What if there was a wife? There, there's a wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's 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 all it is. That's the end, end of story. Um, and Yara was chosen to be a warrior. They're both very skilled with the bow. Um, so yeah, Lev uh, shaved his head and is like, "I'm Lev." Mom didn't like it. Society didn't like it. They had to bounce. But Lev is still attached to their mom and even talks about going and getting their mom out of out of the the Seraphites and bringing mm-hmm. her back. And this is where you you he's missing. And he's going back to their island to go and get their mom. And you know that Isaac's plan is to attack the island that day when the storm comes in and wipe the scars out entirely. But you're also forgetting how right before you leave, you have this incredibly deep conversation with Mel. Where Mel just all of a sudden has an insanely huge problem with everything Abby does. She calls Abby a psychopath, 
uh, piece of shit. She's like, I don't care what you're doing with these kids. And it's like, I just don't, I don't, I don't know where this came from. It's like one of those moments that is completely contrived because Abby is going out of her way to be a much different person than she was just 24 hours before. And people, I've seen criticisms in this game that are like, yeah, all of a sudden Abby is just like helping out the scars and like she, they're like oh they're like abby is a psychopath because she's just changing everything i'm like no maybe maybe abby is changing as a character maybe she's evolving maybe she's complex yeah maybe she's not one-dimensional like everyone else in this game yeah but do you think that maybe like this could be like pregnancy like mood swings like <laughs> i i'm just just like uh look at uh, <laughs> about three men over here like all oh, these pregnant women oh. <laughs> You know, swilling yeah. our scotch around. My mom's been pregnant twice. I know a thing or two. <laughs> the one was Here's the you. thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. So someone was trying to say this was that this is supposed to be like the moment in The Last of Us One where Joel comes to Jackson with Ellie and uh, Tommy and Maria are both treat him like at a distance, right? Like put ten feet between you and Joel at all times because he was a psycho in twenty years. Yeah. And apparently, there's a trying to say that Mel is saying that because Abby has been doing this thing her entire life. But that never comes through, right? Yeah. Because And it may what? have come through if Mel was written as well or acted as well as Tommy and Maria. But yeah. I just don't get that from any of these wolf characters besides Abby. They None of them hit the mark, and Mel does not strike me as a character who has this in their mind. Right. And if somehow Mel had known that, that Jordan... And then Nora had been killed at this point, and that was because Abby's revenge trip got them killed. But she does not know those things at all. Nope. This would make more sense, but it just out of it just seems weird. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we find out that Lev is missing, and he has gone to get their mother out of mm-hmm. the Starfire Island, and he's gonna be an attack. We gotta go get him. So, and this is a very interesting section of the game. I'll say, when you actually go and see the Seraphite's base. Before you get there, Seth, remember what happens, though. You meet it with Manny again. Oh, yeah. You have one of the coolest scenes in the game. Hmm. Um, Where? There's a sniper at the end of the marina. And I, another thing, I listen to podcasts, I watch reviews of this game, and everyone's like, during the scene, I kept wondering who the sniper in the marina could be. And I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking deaf and blind? Like... It's obviously Tommy. We know Tommy is at the marina. We use a sniper rifle when we play with Tommy, or when we Ellie talk like uh, having a flashback with Tommy. It's Tommy, obviously. And everyone's like, "Who could it be?" I was up to the last minute. I was so surprised. I was like, "You have to be faking it's it." Like, were you paying yeah. attention? They set it all up for you. <laughs> yeah. So you have the really cool sequence where he's at the end of the end of the bridge, um, and he's just free firing at you from a watchtower, basically. And you have to get around it. And this scene, this sequence can be kind of complicated because sometimes it's kind of RNG. You can just run through and not get shot. And sometimes you step out for a second and he, you know, b- blows your head into a fucking end of the pavement. Um, but it's a cool sequence. You have to kind of be creative with how you get around it. You make it up there and he, he runs into a restaurant and, and barricades himself inside as you're going inside to get him, you and Manny are all, like, fucking about to do some fucking hot, tactical slice no, no, of pie no. action. I love how he goes in, and he closes these big, the big garage double doors, which, once again, are prevalent in every Naughty Dog game. You big never, never, never engage them in real life at all. But no. he closes them, and then Abby's just about to go fucking open it, which Manny 
intelligently is like, no, don't do that. He's going to be right there. But then they take 20 minutes to just walk around the other side, which Tommy can get there too. They go in, and then much like Jesse died, Manny just gets popped. It was very satisfying to see Manny's face open up. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, felt absolutely nothing for Manny. Manny is, besides Mel, the worst character probably. You then get into a fight with Tommy. It's a cutscene fight entirely. Yeah. Uh, and Abby manages to push him over the side of the pier and into the water. Um, which I assume after that he meets Jesse and, and goes to the aquarium. Yeah, so the Ewan Yara, who once again has one arm, just got amputated, and yes. is just booking it through the whole world. She's apparently. handling it very well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She is handling it with one she hand. She is single-handedly doing this. There you go. Um... Well, you get to the island, right? And there's some exploration. You walk around. At that moment, the WLF is showing up to launch their attack on the island. Yeah. So this se- this sequence is pretty interesting because as it goes on, you start to see fires, and there's firefights happening between the two sides. And it's actually pretty cool. Like, it felt interesting to be going through this these, these yeah. areas. And there's the three-way battle happening between the Scars, WLF, and you. Oh, and they're now, actually cool Seth, you did this. Oh yeah, yeah. Before we before we get to this, there's a cool scene before this where you have to go onto a boat, and you have to. It's a big, like you know, docked boat um, that you get yourself caught into, but you find a crossbow, which is awesome because it's a silent weapon, and you get your you can get your bolts back a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So um, you go through this cool boat scene. There's a lot of infected and stuff. Um, I was back on day one, but yeah. It was oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying we got we got this because this for me this came in handy. Because mm-hmm. this, the part with the Seraphites um, had some really cool open stealth slash running gun areas. And because of the crossbow, I was able to make a lot, I was able to get a lot done before I had to make any noise. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was very helpful. Yeah. What were you going to say that I was going to say? I was going to say that you, you did it differently, right? You waited back for the fights to happen and you kind of watched them unfold, right? Yeah, because there's, there's moments in, during this scene specifically is Abby where there's wolves and there's Seraphites and they're fighting each other and you can kind of wait it out and just run around them for some of the fights and not even have to do anything. That is not what I did. I went in guns blazing and I shot every single one of them. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Ellie, I'm going to kill every last one of them. And I did. Yeah. And I felt Ben needs his own office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt justified. Um, so yeah, and it, once again, it shows the different ways you can play certain scenarios in this game. I just kind of waited for them to kill each other, or was I was able to just run around some fights and then just take out one person. It was pretty cool. Um, I just kind of picked my right through. I just, I just killed folks. I stayed in cell, but tried to kill as many people and stuff as I could. Uh, eventually, you get to Lev's house. His mom is dead. He's killed her because she attacked him in self-defense, obviously. Uh... There's a tearful moment here uh, before you leave again. And I think pretty quickly after that, you come across your first, like, your first, like, bunch of wolves that confront you. It's a huge fight in a warehouse, for me anyways. Yeah. God damn what a fight that was in that warehouse. Oh, yeah. Ben, did you just run and gun that shit, too? Uh, I, tried to be as, uh, I tried to be as sneaky as I could for the first few minutes, but eventually I just ended up running and gunning. Yeah. I had a pathing problem with that one. I tried to do it stealthy, and I'm like, where the fuck is the way out of this? The easiest way to find out was just to kill everyone and look for it myself. So I just did yeah. that eventually. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Isaac shows up. Yeah. And Good old Isaac. Classic Isaac, a character you have so many feelings about. This is after Yara has been shot by the wolves, right? Yeah, she has been what? I mean, murdered. She is, she's dead on the ground. 
So you got shot like six times. Yeah. And Isaac is like, yeah, give us the scar. He's just, again, just psychotically wanting to kill this the live, right, for no apparent reason. He's, yeah. he's not even fighting back. And so uh, Yara, from, from the beyond the grave, shoots and kills Isaac. And the wolves lose their minds. And years more running, get on a horse, you're going through burning a burning village trying to get to the boats. Incredible scenery, really fun, fast gameplay um, to get you through all these, these scenes very quickly. It's very, very, very nice. And then you fight another boss, or mini-boss, maybe. And this was quite possibly the point of the game where I really felt a weird racial vibe from it. Because he's a large black guy. And they and, make a big deal about how you mutilate his face. Like you yeah. continue. There's a part where he is like a man who has no cheeks anymore. He is just, he's just all, he's like a, one of the Canadian characters from South Park. He's just <laughs> fucking bobbing his head around because it's in two pieces. Just the, just yeah. the, just the puppet continuing mouth. To, exactly. And you're continuing to like stab him and uh, fight back against him. And it's very, very, it, I don't know. It, it, I had the same thing as you. We didn't talk before I played this scene. And I had a lot of really complex feelings during it. Mm-hmm. It just the focus on his face is what really got to me, and it was like the fact that he's a black guy in a game that has such a dearth of, of people of color. Uh, I mean, Isaac, what happened to him five minutes ago? He got fucking shot to death right yeah. in front of you. You know, of course he's a psycho. And this guy seems to have a history with Lev, and like that never really comes up before this scene. So you feel like you should know him, but you don't. Yeah. And then a huge boss fight, you kill him. Again, very brutal, very, very awful way to die. And then you go back to the aquarium, and you find that uh, Mel and Owen have, oh, unfortunately, bitten the dust. Yeah, pour, pour one out for the homies on that one, because never will I ever forget. Uh, 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 I want to say... Val and was it Jesse? Was Jesse one of the? Uh, no, <laughs> Jesse remember. was. On, I think Jesse was. Yeah, he Jesse was, was the sex freak. That's Jesse. Right. Yeah. Okay. Jesse. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, apparently uh, Ellie left her map in there, and that's how you yeah. find out she's in the and theater. She's which circled the theater problem. as her base, which you I mean, go I guess there. Got to put away for her to get there. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing here happens in the in the uh, theater. Ben, did you find the radio in the second floor? As Abby, uh, I I believe so. Uh, I believe so because you you have to crawl in through that room to get in, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I believe I did. I'm just I'm trying to remember. Did you listen to the radio? Uh, I think so. Uh, you could hear the transmissions of the wolves as they're talking about the fight happening on the island, and it's so weird. It's not weird. But it's interesting because what you find out is that the wolves lost, Ooh. and the scar is also lost, Ooh. and that. Basically, no one survived that whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's just a fucking shit show mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's a very weird. It's again, it, it feeds into the, the theme of the game, I guess, which is just revenge is bad. <laughs> Violence yeah. doesn't solve anything. Yeah. And then from this point on, it's pretty much the scene you've already seen, but from Abby's perspective. You go yeah. in, you kill Jesse, you hold Tommy. Down. Or actually, you sneak up on Tommy. He's mm-hmm. down. And then when those two come in, you kill Jesse, and then now you actually reveal that Lev is there, and let you know. Once this, basically the fight starts, and it's, and it's a mirror of the fight from the first Last of Us, where Ellie has to fight that pedophile, because Ellie, because you have no weapons, the other person has weapons, you have to sneak up, use stealth to hit them from behind in a sequence. Um, How does Liv get taken out of this equation? I can't she, remember. She tells Liv to go watch the exits. She's right. like, take the bow, watch the, watch the exits. Yeah, so, yeah. 
You run in also, past the theater. She shoots Tommy in the back of the head. She does. And Tommy does not die. Yeah, that, that was... Blew my mind. It almost blew his, too. be an um, execution-style murderer. It's crazy. Lives. Um, but so then you chase her through the back of the theater, and then you get into, uh, like I said, the same fight from the first game. Um, the set is really cool. Um, the, the, and the, the red lights, um, the vibe you get from the whole thing is very interesting. Um, and I wanted to ask, I've, I've asked you this before, but I'll go ahead and ask now. And the second stage, the first stage, you're, you know, backstage of the theater, normal stuff. Um, and then you get, you, you attack her and then you beat her through the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're a floor lower. It's, it's like legitimate, like anime stuff you're doing in this. Cause Ellie um, has a machete in that first part. Yeah. So she has a machete. And the second part, she pulls out the shotgun. Did either of you die during this part as Abby? Uh, I yeah, I did too. That was one of the most disturbing deaths because she shoots you like in the gut or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, game, I'm, I'm going to have to redo it. But no, the game lingers on your groggy body and then she blows your head open. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, brutal. I'm like, this is the most, this is unnecessarily brutal, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just disintegrates um, Abby's whole goddamn yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fight, once again, it's not especially a hard fight. It's just, you know, get behind her, press a button, and then it goes to the next stage. There's three stages, and then you have the, you know, ultimate moment in the game where Abby has predictably beaten the shit out of Ellie mm-hmm. and Dina. Um, they're, they're bloody pulp. She, you know, Dina's pregnant. She knows it. She's about to cut Dina's throat right in front of Ellie. And then Lev is like, hey... Don't do this. It's not worth it. You know, they've, we've taught them a lesson. We should go. This is not for us. And they do it. Mm-hmm. Abby, for the second time in the game, shows mercy to Ellie and leaves. Mm-hmm. And she's she like, was, better, I better never see you again. As I, I, I thought this whole section of the game was interesting. It was interesting to play as someone against Ellie and see what the person Ellie is going after, to see what Ellie is like from that perspective and she looked like a goddamn lunatic i'm like okay yeah this is scary she's scary <laughs> so right here people have a problem in the game people are like oh when i did this fight i just let ellie kill me because she, uh, ellie's cool and i'm like i honestly think you've read this wrong i mean i know i can't tell someone that their subjective opinion is wrong but ellie is the bad guy okay abby showed mercy in the beginning of the game and you, she killed Joel, who's very close to you. You went and killed all of her friends. And while, once again, they are nowhere near interesting characters, she did have a connection to them. You killed, like, five, six of her friends. You, Tommy, Jesse combined. You killed them. You have gone what I would consider to be too far. You had a problem with one person. You killed everyone around them. And they're upset about it. Just like Joel in the beginning, at the end of the first game, you have become a bad guy. You've become the bad person. So playing as Abby kind of feels vindicating in this moment. Like, you're getting, you're trying to make right all, all these feelings in your head that have become so complex. I have a question. So, Ben, you were talking about uh, how it looks of when you see yourself fighting Ellie, right? What's what looks like from any of Ellie's perspective? Mm-hmm. Did anybody feel that it was just like Ellie looked like how weird it was to see Ellie as, a, as an NPC that you're fighting? And how her appearance was just like a little, but basically a little girl, like a regular girl, you know? Yeah. Or a woman. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment when I killed her, right? When I fought her the third time you had to hit her, right? 
um, where you had to like just have a hitter with a bottle to, yeah. to get to or a brick. Um, when I when I found her, I snuck upon her. She was rummaging through her backpack, which was insanely just like wow, what, what a detail to have in this game. Yeah. I hit her with a bottle and then I, I, I attacked her, but it was like. The experience of seeing Ellie from a different perspective was jarring because she was a boss and scary as fuck. And like now you realize that's what you've been this entire time, like when you yeah. were Ellie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where one of the moments when I'm like, you know, the internet, you're just wrong. Like the the fight from Abby's perspective is that's how it's supposed to look. Ellie is a psychotic person. She has become what Joel was at the at the end of the first game. Um, so yeah, at the moment, an earned moment for Abby, and once again, she walks away and shows mercy. And I'm like, damn, crazy game, credits are about to roll, I'm done with this one, I'm gonna, gonna put it in the books. But they decided it was very important for us to see what happens later on. So, Ellie goes home, becomes a family man. Yeah, Ellie on a farm her and dina they're growing like strawberries and they've got sheep it's red dead redemption yeah it's literally red dead redemption all over again yeah the, the the epilogue of the game you're herding sheep um but you're having these intense flashbacks to joel's death mm-hmm. and then there's a baby don't forget baby, jj of course whose his name is like what jesse joel probably yeah yeah i mean it has to be right what's other j could possibly be yeah Okay, quick question for other y'all. Did either one of you think this was a dream sequence? No. A little bit. I for sure thought it was one in the beginning. Really? Yeah, yeah 100%. I, I figured it was real. Especially um, once Tommy showed up, who I just watched his brains get fucking scrambled. I thought. Yeah. I thought I'd seen that. So yeah, Tommy shows up. Hello. This is Chesterfield... Crumb bomb Tippington the third, your dispassionate British observer of all things podcast. It was at this point that your intrepid hosts noticed a technical malfunction in their equipment and were forced, unfortunately, to start a new audio file. If you will believe it, this was the first occurrence of this in Illenials history. It was quickly corrected and fixed and I now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast entertainment program. Thank you. God save the Queen. Technical difficulties. They happen all the time. Babadoom, babadoom. We're back. Yep. Sorry. Small break. It's all okay. It's all good. It's all it's good. All it turns good. out. It's my fault this okay. time. Yeah. So much like The Last of Us 2, we take a weird, unnecessary break and then return for more. <laughs> and now the audio sounds slightly different. And we're gonna yeah. let's we're gonna speed run the end of this game. Yeah, Tommy shows up. He's like, "Hey, I know where she's at. Are you gonna get revenge?" Gina's like, "We're not doing revenge anymore." Ellie's like, "Actually, we are," and leaves. Peace, yep. bitch. She leaves. And she, she goes. Goes to Santa Barbara. Uh, when you're playing Santa Barbara. as Abby, you you go to you're in Santa Barbara. You're looking for this new Firefly outpost and Lev. You fucking you go somewhere. You find a radio. You're like, "Hey, I'm Abby," and they're like, "All right, everything's gonna be good for you. No more problems, Abby. Come on to us. Everything's gonna be fine." But then you get taken by these guys named the Rattlers, and it's a uh, it's one of the factions that it's so easy to tell that you're gonna hate, um, even though they have really uh, no exposition because um, they 
They have they they're wearing like wraparound Oakleys and tactical gear. They're the kind of guys who on Twitter are like always saying the word tactical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you Your know AOC's you're replies. Yeah, so you know you're gonna hate them. If a pair of Oakley sunglasses could be a human being, they would be the Rattlers. Um, yeah. they take they 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 take Lev and uh, and Abby Hawkins. Uh, Ellie gets the Ellie gets to fucking Santa Barbara. She shows up. She's like, yo, I found your boat, and now I'm going to wherever the fuck you are. Eventually, she gets fucking trapped by a, a, a rattler trap. She gets stabbed in the side by a piece of wood. She tricks some guys, kills them, takes her submachine gun, and then finds the rattler base. You fight your way through it, and then at the very end of the game, they're like, she, she frees the prisoners. By the way, the rattlers take slaves. They are yeah. slavers to the fucking hilt. Yeah, also, at, uh, at the beginning of... Uh of this podcast, I mentioned that the, around this area was when I had that uh, game-breaking glitch. Uh, as you know, uh, you get to you get to one section where they have zombies like chained to uh, uh, chained to the floor, basically. And uh, I found the first one. I killed everybody there. I went and saw the zombie that was still attached to the chain. I sh- I shot the zombie, and then I went and saw that I could I could have released the chain and the zombie with it. So I did that. And I guess the game had not prepared for any dumbass to just shoot the zombie, then set it free, because that that broke the whole game for me almost. Like I had to do a hard reboot on my PS4. Wow. Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, like it, thankfully, like it had saved and it started me like right back there. But yeah, I had to I had to do a hard hard reboot, and I got so scared. It's like oh no, twenty five hours gone. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so you fight the Rattlers, who suck, and everybody hates them, and they, they should have replaced Scars as, as the third faction, in my opinion. Uh, and then you get to the end, and slaves are being freed. They start a rebellion. It's all burning down. Like, hey, where's Abby at? And she's like, she's out at the pillars. And you go out of the pillars. And then you walk around. You look at a bunch of people. They, they fake you out because one of them has like a long braid, like Abby has the whole game. But Abby has been... Stripped of her braid, you find her looking gangly, sick. She's lost a lot of muscle mass. She's not the truck she was before. She is very much ganglier, much closer to Ellie's size. Still bigger than Ellie, but much closer to her size now. You cut her down. She goes and cuts Lev down. You walk to your boats, and then Ellie's like, all right, well, now we got to have it out. And then she's like, Abby's like, I'm not doing this. And she's like, okay, well, I'll kill Lev. She's like, okay, I guess we'll do this. And then you fight. And mm-hmm. you have no option in this fight. You have to win as Ellie. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Ellie has a knife. Yeah, she has a knife. You're fighting. She gets it out of you or whatever. And then you start drowning her eventually once the fight has gone so far. You start drowning her. You think back. You let her go. And the internet fucking loses their mind. Not before she bites off two of your fingers. She, you, you, she does get you good. You lose mm-hmm. your guitar playing fingers. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention the guitar, but that's a big thing in this game. Yeah, there's like a big guitar thing. Whatever. There's a mm-hmm. guitar mini game. There's a guitar hero in this game. You have to play yeah. guitar with the controller. And, and like, and the and the controls and everything, it, it for playing the guitar, it's very good. I've seen videos on YouTube of like, here's Ellie playing Nothing Else Matters by fucking Metallica and like, and Fade to Black or whatever, but... Yeah, like they they did a really good job with that. If you want to just sit there and like tinker with it, you can finger pluck and everything. Yeah, man, this is a family podcast. Don't say that. Yeah. Um. Um. So after pick, after my bad. after this, uh, I think 
Abby leaves on her boat, and Ellie just like, sits there in the water. And you go back to the home, go back home. Dina's not there. She's left. She's packed yep. everything and left. We didn't and mention the cut the cut scenes to the to the earlier parts with Joel and Ellie at all. Yeah, there's a really which, good one where you get to uh, get into a space capsule. Um, you know, experience or stuff. But yeah, it's you get to fight zombies ephemeral. in space. And what you find out is that eventually Ellie, fi- she was Joel told her the truth of what happened about the, the cure and the him killing the doctor and all that kind of stuff and getting in, and getting her out of there. And there's a moment where she they they break up essentially, like his father and daughter. She's yeah. like, you know, fuck you, I'm done. And then even further on from that, she says that she doesn't know she can forgive him, but she'd like to try. Yeah. And, and so this is the game's biggest failing, in my opinion. Um, one, I never thought that Joel should have been the person that told Ellie what happened. And so when when Joel dies, there's, as a player who doesn't know about all these flashbacks, and I didn't even know these flashbacks when I played the game, actually. Some Two things had not been spoiled for me. Um, so when you, when he's dead, as Ellie, you're like, as the player who doesn't know this stuff, you're like, okay, well, he... You know, he he protected me all this time. He has been a father figure to me, no matter what we've thought about or anything. We had it. And then also, I never had a night, a last moment with him. The last time we, as far as we know, the last time they talked was at the dance that happens the night before, which is in the E3 trailer, and was supposed to be a big thing. It happens at the very end of the game, randomly. Um, and as far as we know, that's the only time they ever talked. So, so in our mind, we're mad at Joel. Or we were mad at Joel, and we don't know what he did in the Firefly Hospital. So we want revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, we know Ellie knows Joel did this. Joel is a bad guy. You even tell him that he robbed your life of meaning. Um, so a little less of a reason to have, to get revenge. And then two, you had your final moment with him. You had a moment where you kind of reconciled, you know, you said, I'm not going to be able to forgive you, but I will be, I'm willing to build a better relationship out of this. Um, so you got both of those things. And to me, I think the better game is you don't know this stuff. You didn't have your final moment with Joel. And then throughout the game, because people in the game do mention when they see you without a mask on, oh, you're the girl. So if you find out throughout the game through um, Abby's side characters, giving them more to do, that, oh, you're this girl, we know of you. And then by the time you get to Abby, you find out who her father was, what specifically Joel did. And then in the theater fight, that is when Ellie should have the upper hand. And then for and then be like, oh wait, Joel was wrong. All of this was for naught. I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna let you have mercy. And then if you still want to do the farm scene, have that as an epilogue where you're just like, oh, this is Ellie's life afterwards. Because yeah. all of that destroys what was great about the first game to me. Yeah, uh, that that whole last three three and a half hours of gameplay. When we got to the farmhouse, I thought we were done. I yeah. thought. I heard people didn't like the ending, and I thought that it was because uh, it's just uh, it's just a melancholy end. Uh, they have the baby; they're living out in the farm, and I thought that uh, the part where she's sitting on the tractor with the baby, and they're like staring into the and yes. staring into the I sky. Credits. Yeah, I was thinking, all right, credits, and and then it's like Ellie, can you let can you let the sheep back in? I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I guess we're gonna go let some sheep back in. Then credits, and then no, she has a PTSD attack. And then Tommy comes in, and I'm like, all right, when are we going to end? I was not prepared to play this game for another three hours. Yeah. I'm like, well, this... And then the Santa Barbara I, man, stuff was all... Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm not... Like, as someone who really likes this game, I'm not a fan of 
the last three hours of the game because at that point I thought the story was done. It had been told, but they, they just, they had to push it further. And then at the end, and then at the end of the game, you know, we see they've both suffered for their yeah. actions. Ellie probably more uh, than anyone. Cause when, you know, when she gets back, Dean is gone. The whole house is cleaned out. She can't even play guitar anymore because two of her fingers have been shot off. And uh, then she just leaves, and it it, uh, it ends on a ambiguous ambiguous uh, moment. I want to point out that uh, Abby was turned into a slave. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, Abby. Oh, that's, yeah. And it's one of the things that I think maybe the, maybe the game would have served itself better. I mean, it would have made it longer, but maybe to show a little more of that because I feel like for people who maybe were, weren't paying attention and just hated Abby. Seeing some of her actual depravity might have, I don't know, maybe sparked some some, some bit of sympathy in them, but it probably wouldn't have anyway. Yeah, I liked Abby as a character, but I did not sympathize with her until you saw her on that pillar, and I was like, she's been through fucking hell, actually. Yeah. Holy fuck! Because I didn't yeah. give a fuck about her stupid friends dying oh, and it. fuck her dad who thought he could cure this disease. Didn't care about any of that shit. Yeah, but that was rough. Seeing mm-hmm. someone who's been clearly abused and un- underfed and forced into labor and God knows what other kind of abuse, yeah. uh, that's, that's rough. I mean, no matter how controversial of opinion this is, by the end of the game, I was, I was Team Abby. I was like, Abby is, the, Abby is, in my opinion, the protagonist of this game. Mm-hmm. And Ellie is the antagonist. And I mean, and there, there's a, it's a complicated relationship. I'm not saying one is 100% protagonist, 100% antagonist, but that's how I felt by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I also want to call back to something that we've talked about on the main podcast that is important to this whole discussion. Yes. Tied to the real world for a moment. And that is Neil Druckmann and his inspiration for the game, which was uh, he recounted a story of seeing a video of a lynching that took place. He said he called it a lynch mob. Yeah. And he felt angry at the people who were in the lynch mob and wanted to kill them. And later on in life, he reflected on it and thought that he actually, that was too much. And now... For us, as Americans, we hear lynch mob and we think the South. We think KKK. We think a black person being killed for no reason. But -hmm. what it turns out he actually saw was a video of Palestinians lynching two Israeli soldiers the week after Israeli soldiers massacred a bunch of Palestinian children. Changes the context 100 fucking percent, in my opinion. Yeah, because, and Neil Druckmann is Israeli, and he probably has his own opinions on the Israel-Palestine thing, and I'm sure they're complicated and maybe not something to get into when you're developing a video game, but they're there. And at the end of the day, I mean, in my opinion, what Neil Druckmann saw, it wasn't, I mean, it was justice being enacted. And feeling, I don't know, feeling those, the way he felt was wrong for one reason, but not the reason he said, not the reason he thought. It wasn't because he wanted to take revenge and he wanted to perpetuate violence. Um, that's not what was happening. I think I do think that there is a certain amount of justice that can be enacted through violence. And that's what um, the, the wolves call it. They call it justice when they kill Joel. They're like, you know, Isaac loves justice. That's why we did this. And I think that that was a very misguided, um, I don't know, thought and statement from Neil Druckmann to, to go forward with this game. But there's an interesting thing to think about here. He's talking about how the game was inspired by a lynch mob. Who in this game lynches people? Scars. 
So he is drawing a direct parallel between the Scars and Palestinians. Yes. The Scars who are cavemen, Bronze Age motherfuckers. Yes. Who hate trans, trans, trans people and shit. And are violently, you know, against outsiders. He's calling them the Palestinians. And that makes WLF Israel. Israel, and yes. It, that's an uncomfortable parallel, in my opinion. And a rough one to make. But... At the end, when when the wolves and the scars mutually annihilate one another in an orgy of violence, we're not sure what happens. I, I'm curious as to whether or not... I, I almost think Neil Druckmann is an anti-war Israeli. I almost think that he's he would like it to not be the way that it is. You know, to, to take away from some of the stuff here. It seems like he's trying to say war is a bad idea, which, you know, wow, big whoop, great new thought. But in this particular context, very interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of in- interesting political statements being made by Neil Druckmann here that not everyone's going to get, because not everyone's going to look into this and read these interviews like us. They're just going to see a couple of factions, and that's fine. But there is, he's definitely saying something here, and as coming from being an Israeli and being and having this stand, this viewpoint, it's it, it puts an interesting mark on the game for me. It, it's one of those things where I look back and I'm like, Neil Druckmann is not the best person. When it comes to this kind of stuff, and it's one, it's, it is definitely one of the stains that this game has for me, and one of the reasons I don't think it's um, quite the masterpiece at the first place. All right, Ben, how do we fix Palestine? This is all up to you. Well, first you, you, you oh, gotta no. talk to nope. them, you know. Stop. <laughs> you got to get them all in a room. <laughs> one Take away their room. weapons. Yeah, just one giant Congress-sized room. And uh, that's all I got so far. I, okay. I haven't good, really good first step. That. All right. Get the <laughs> hey, entire country into one place. Get all the Palestinians in a room, and now get all the Israelis in a room uh, together, the same room, Battle Royale. Let's see. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we went back. Nope, nope, see nope, what nope. happens next. He's crying right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I also, I do think to me, and this is this is something, I think Jackson has an interesting Israel vibe going on with, yeah, with the young people and the young soldiers going off yeah. on patrols, very in the like apparently mandatory service yeah. of some sort. But, but once again, the weird thing about Jackson is that you are either a child, you are twenty years old, or you are fifty. Those yeah. are the those are the three age groups. Mm-hmm. It's a it's definitely an interesting uh, situation. Uh, I think that Jackson is not very well explored in this game, uh, the same way that WLF and yeah. the Stars are. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not necessary. So now we've got. To the, I think this is probably the end here, right, folks? Yeah. So we've done the spoilers now. Talked about the story in depth. Now can we all give our full assessment of this game? Now we'll pass it off to our guest first. Okay. Uh, even with all the gripes that we have discussed. Uh, with the game, I still overall uh, enjoyed it for the most part. By the time I got to the end, I didn't necessarily feel satisfied, but I kind of think uh, that's kind of what they were going for. Uh, they 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 definitely work to manipulate you and try and steer you in so in a certain emotional direction. And it's not going to work with some people. Some people are going to be able to see right through it. Like, I mean, I saw what they were trying to do, but I still, I still enjoyed it. Like by the time we got to the end, I was like, this doesn't even feel like it's worth 
Oh, that's okay. All right. But, I mean, overall, I, I thought the experience was more enjoyable than not. It is a it is a dreary game. It is dark. It is depressing. Uh, I definitely would not recommend it to people who have issues with, like, like depre- like serious clinical depression. Yeah, grim dark. Yeah, it's grim. It's grim. It's dark. The lightest moments of the game are definitely at the beginning when you're in Jackson, but the rest of it is really is really fucking dire. But I, I mean, I I I still I still really. I still really like the game, despite the qualms with the story. Gameplay still fun for the most part. I had I had a good experience there. I enjoyed the combat. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the stealth. Uh, I enjoyed not every character, but at least the main characters you get to play as. I enjoyed playing as them. Uh, I kind of I do kind of wish Joel went out in a different way, but I'm not one of those people who just decided not to play the game because Joel was not in most of it. Uh, I thought some of the story beats at the end, I thought it kind of made sense to me. Like, I know you said you didn't like that. They had that final interaction and how uh, that you, you didn't like that. She knew that she knew what Joel did. Like personally, I thought that it, uh, it, it kind of felt realistic because not everyone's going to end on like a Hollywood happy note. Like sometimes, like you, you have you may have one bad interaction with somebody. Next day, boom, they're dead. Kind of like Peter Parker and Uncle Ben in Spider Man. So that I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect. It's kind of weird to compare those two, but I'm going on too long. I, I liked it. I like the <laughs> I like the game. Yeah, I'll say um, this. I'll say I'll go next. Um, it is it is a well made video game. It's a video. You the the gameplay is great. I it's. In the parallel development of, of Uncharted and The Last of Us, both Uncharted 4 and Last of Us Part 2 both feel fantastic, and they have, they have ascended to the level of, of a gameplay that it, it's perfect in, in how it plays, I think. It's a little safer, I think. It, it doesn't play around too much with the formula from Uncharted or from uh, Last of Us Part 1, but that's whatever. It's fine. I just felt like the whole... Story was something I didn't want to see. I didn't need this in my life. I would have preferred different characters in a different setting in the same universe, maybe doing something else. But I wanted Joel and Ellie's story to be done, and it felt like this was a crap. Not a, I hate to say it because they did they put a lot of work into it clearly, but it felt like a like they looked at the market and said it will not sell without the same characters. We have to make profit, and they're gonna want Joel back. They're gonna want Ellie back. They're going to want the same characters doing the same kind of stuff. And it, for me, the, the, the scene of the game that sums that most up was Joel and Ellie at the museum, right? On yes. her birthday, exploring the museum. I thought it was a great scene that also made me sad because I was sad because I liked it so much. I was smiling the whole time. They have a great rapport, those two characters. It's fantastic. But it was like, this is the exact game that I would not want. Because I don't need this. I don't need yeah. more of this. It should be done. We should let it be done. And it felt like at the end of the game, it was like the goddamn Hobbit Part 3, where it was like, would not fucking end. Yeah. Like, the, that, I had never thought, by the way, when you guys said that when the, the baby on the, on the tractor, they should go to credits then. Yes. God, that would have been a great ending. Mm-hmm. Fucking do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. 
So my opinion, I, I liked playing it. I enjoyed my time with it, but it felt extraneous and, and probably should not have... Uh, uh, this probably shouldn't have been made, unfortunately. But I enjoyed it for what it is. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback off what you guys said. I think that it is a masterclass in story-based um, game-making um, and game design. Level design, especially, was fantastic. Um, I think that so many games that are going to come out in the next five to ten years are going to look at this game for inspiration in a lot of ways. And just like they did with the first Last of Us, I mean, we wouldn't have 2018's God of War if it wasn't for The Last of Us. I mean, mm-hmm. it will be a different game. Um, so yeah, it, it did all that stuff right. And I think that, um, like I said, I detailed how I think the story could have been better. And I I just, I don't agree with a lot of stuff they do with the story. And the political stuff puts a stain on it for me. But yeah, I can't sit, I'm never going to be able to sit here and say that it's a bad game and that I don't think people should check it out. It's a, it's, it's a very well-made game, and all the people who worked on it, except for Neil Druckmann, deserve a lot of credit. <laughs> it's uh, the, the developers, the designers, the artists, the actors, um, incredible work. So Yeah, that, that, that's another thing we didn't really talk about much. Like, the performances in this game, like, well, for the most part, like, for the main characters, were incredible. I thought everyone, I thought everyone did a great job, like, especially with Troy Baker, you know. You look at Troy... You can never imagine Joel's voice coming out of that 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 string bean fat looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I Laura thought, Bailey as Abby was very impressive. Ashley Johnson, Shannon mm-hmm. Woodward, um, a lot of the guy you mentioned earlier, Derek Phillips. Yeah. All uh, all great additions to this game. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, did y'all see that Laura Bailey's getting like death threats on Twitter because of this yes. game? Because yeah. people people obviously thought that she had the creative control over Abby. Yeah. <laughs> and I watch uh, Laura Bailey on the show Critical Role a lot, and she's a master voice actress. Unrecognizable for me in this game. Would never have known that it was the same person on that uh, I listened to on that show. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. She's she's got some chops here. Mm-hmm. And she made Abby come alive. That's a hard thing to do for a character that comes in in the second act and has to live up to Joel and Ellie from the first game. But she she fucking pulled it off. Oh yeah, yep. I agree. Um, overall, this is an episode, y'all. We... That was a very long episode. That yes, all of the Filipino children are going to listen to and have a lot of fun with Argentinians. I think Argentinian. Well, no, I think we broke into the Philippines recently. Ah, uh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Um, but yeah. So I'm uh, good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was fun. Thank ben, you, you ben, any final any thoughts? Ben on the podcast. Hmm? Thank you. Any final yep. thoughts? Uh, Anything you want to plug? Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at either the Ben Powell or if you want just a more wrestling specific uh, Twitter feed, follow my wrestling account at Ben Talks WWE. Uh, I also host uh, Southern Smackdown with my friend Danny, uh, the only uh, wrestling podcast recorded in this specific area, which focuses on the weekly happenings in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, We are on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So if you're into any of that, just check it out if you wish. I'm not forcing you to do anything. And uh, he also did the theme song for our main episodes. Yeah. Uh, if you guy. ever want me to update that or anything, just let me know. Whenever you want, if, hey, you're doing this for free. Whenever you want to do it, give it a crack. <laughs> yeah. We've made more episodes. We've said more stupid shit, so you can. Try. You've added Marcus, so yeah. Seth, quick sidebar, Ben, don't listen. Seth, okay, yeah. take everyone off. Should we? Should we pay Ben? Oh, pay Ben? <laughs> should we pay Ben money? I never even thought of that. 
<laughs> like give him some cash for his whore. They should pay me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this has been uh, this podcast. I'm Smith. You find me on Twitter uh, at MC Surf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Lineal Seth. And on Letterboxd? At Letterboxd, at Kanazeras, K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Do they do games on there or just movies? No, uh, movies. I recently watched the movie Palm Springs on Hulu, and it is fantastic. Um, I oh. really, really fucking enjoyed it, and I think everyone should watch it. Okay, cool. And that's it for us, y'all. Yep, that's all. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye. Out.